Welcome back to the Digital Fiasco Podcast. I am Jack McBastard, coming to you from an undisclosed location deep within Area 88. Uh, this is episode 44 of the Digital Fiasco Podcast, discussing all the week's hottest news in PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, and PC gaming. And with Dandroid out of town, again, taking a much-needed vacation, mm-hmm, going out mm-hmm. to see Ninja Sex Party with Jay Tanuki. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're out there in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, in his place, joining us for his fourth appearance on Ooh. the Digital Fiasco Podcast, the man who may take longer to beat Breath of the Wild than they actually took to develop it, <laughs> the one, the only, Al Bell 88. I don't know how to got how I got here, guys. I'm not gonna lie. I think like you, you know, I was just kind of walking around playing my Switch and stuff like that, and then all what of a sudden, how did you get here, Rick? Well, <laughs> no. I'm not sure, but you should probably stay away from that coffee machine. Well, see, here's the thing. All of a sudden, I just got hit behind the head, and all of a sudden, I kind of woke up here. I was like, oh fuck. Where'd you get that? Sent away. <laughs> You didn't have to hit him. He was volunteering. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Okay. So tell me, Albel, what are you playing these days? Well, that yeah. isn't Breath of the Wild. Son of a bitch. Are you finished Breath of the Wild yet? Um. Okay. Well, I'm not. Okay, then you can stow that complaint <laughs> because everything I've just said is completely valid. Okay. 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 So here, here's the thing with uh, Breath of the Wild. I am close to being finished. Define close. By what metric well, well, are you okay, determining going, that you are close? If you're going by the main quest, all right? I'm close because I'm on the last divine beast. All right. Uh-huh. But here's the thing. Uh-huh. I've gotten a bit stronger. I got some better weapons and stuff like that. So I decided to f- challenge a, a Lionel again and I could barely do any damage. So I'm very concerned about that. <laughs> but from what I understand, you get a lot of very strong weapons once you actually go inside Hyrule. That would so, make sense. So, uh, yeah. But in any case, I've upgraded a lot of my gear, like a lot of your your armor stuff like that, to some of the to like the strongest level it can be. Right. So that's pretty good. Uh, and I've gotten some better weapons as well. Found some legendary weapons. So I think I'm like after I defeat the divine beast, then I'm going to make it to uh, actually fight the final boss. You you might sense some skepticism in my voice, <laughs> considering that I have. Uh, not played the game myself in roughly four weeks, uh, and I think I am equally within striking distance to the end of the game as uh, you are. I spent a lot of time doing side quests. That's okay, kind of my problem when I play open world games. I'm like, oh, that looks neat, and then gotcha. all of a sudden it's been five hours. I'm like, oh fuck, I forgot to. Well, it's your OCD, quest. right? You see the map. There's you know icons on the map. You mm-hmm. want to go and get rid of the icons. Exactly. Like, fuck these icons. Tendencies. What, what, these icons have ruined my life. I got to get rid of them. All right. So, so, so since you're obviously <laughs> not playing Breath of the Wild, what are you actually playing? <laughs> well, I did pick up Sonic Mania this week. Oh, yes. So I hear this is now finally, after like 15 or 20 years, a good Sonic game again. Yeah, it's it's actually really good. Okay. So I am, as far as, as uh, Digital Fiasco goes, the resident Sonic the Hedgehog fan. And I know that is... Would, would Android fight you for that title? or? And you know what? No, I don't think so. Because I know Dan likes Sonic. Like, he likes the design of the character. But I right. don't think he's... I don't think he's liked a lot of the games. Not I think like there's Mega Man, right? No, yeah. He's much more Mega Man for sure. Um, but I've been a huge fan of Sonic, like, since the first, like, original game and stuff like that. It's so. been a rough couple of years it's, for you, hasn't well, it? Well, I mean, you're not wrong. It has been. And it's it's tough being a Sonic fan, especially because the fan base as well is, is pretty nuts. They haven't given you a lot of reasons to be uh, lately. No, they really haven't. And, you know, like, and that's the thing, too. Like, I, I played Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, which I still like, even though those games have a lot of issues. Like, a lot of issues. Sure. Right? Um, uh, but you like those the same way I like Mega Man Legends, probably. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's kind of fair to say. Um, 
but it's it's interesting because every time a new Sonic game, you know, people talk about the Sonic cycle, the Gable Gang cycle, blah, blah, blah. Um, every time a Sonic game comes out, like, I pay a lot of attention to it. Cause, and I never buy a Sonic, at least since, I don't know, um, well, since for quite a while, I haven't bought a Sonic game that I was disappointed with because I just know that it doesn't look like something <laughs> I'm interested in. I won't buy it. I never bought Sonic 06, right? I never bought, like, the Sonic and the Lost Ring or the Black Knight, right? I never bought those. Oh, you're, you're going to get a chance to see it, at I, least. I can't wait to see you guys suffer <laughs> through that. That's exciting. No, no, that one's all Dandroid. Oh, yes! Oh! All him. Dan, I'm so sorry, but it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, but then Sonic Generations came out, and mm. it was, like, actually really good. Like, it's a solid game. Really? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. You might again sense some skepticism yeah, I can, in my voice. I can t- just a tad, just a tad. But um, Sonic, uh, Sonic Generation, like Sonic uh, Mania, is interesting too, though, because uh-huh. that game was developed by a bunch of very well known within the community, like a bunch of people that are um, basically hackers and modders. Uh, and even like people like the the composers, a person who's remixed a ton of Sonic music because he loves the music. Mm-hmm. So essentially, Sega employed these people who have been making really good Sonic content for years. Uh, one of them is actually, I think it's Kristen Whitehead, the one that actually ported uh, Sonic One, Two, and CD to the uh, cell phone. Sure. And those are often considered the best version of those games because the port is so well done. Uh, he basically recreated those games from the ground up. Um, and also the widescreen helps those games actually be a little bit more viable when it comes to running really fast to the right. Um, so in any case, they got those people together to make a Sonic game. And a lot of the levels are remixed levels from previous games. Right. But there's so much new content within those levels and so much really interesting mix-ups and references to other levels of similar themes. For example, a Hydro City or, uh, has a bunch of water level references in that stage. Uh, but yeah, like it's really good. Like I actually just finished it yesterday. Um, like I haven't gotten all the chaos emeralds, but I just finished it. And yeah, like I, I best Sonic game I've literally played in years. Wait, you haven't gotten all the chaos emeralds yet? No, I'm, I don't know what that means. That... <laughs> Classically in a Sonic game, you get all the chaos emeralds, you get super Sonic. And there's a secret ending. It's great. A secret ending. I mean, the secret ending usually just involves Sonic, like jumping up to the screen as super Sonic, which is fine. But honestly, actually, like, that actually is something else I kind of want to talk about as far as, like, the quote-unquote storyline goes, right? Yeah. Because, like, watching the beginning animation for the game, like, a really cool, like, um, animated sequence that's a nice reference to Sonic CD's animated sequence. Um, And even, like, just the way the characters kind of pantomime, like, plot plot points going forward. Like, literally, that's all the story I ever really wanted out of a Sonic game. Like, I don't need Sonic and Eggman to start... talking to each other and going like oh yeah the world will be mine no nah, blah. like i don't really need any of that stuff like this game is just really charming with the characters just kind of pantomiming stuff or eggman having these really funny animations when he's yelling at his robots and stuff like that like it's just really charming and fun i i have difficulty believing that dr robotnik can be in any way as charismatic as say um dr nefarious from ratchet and clank <laughs> well i mean no he's not like i mean but that's the thing dr nefarious is built and built from the ground up being this hilarious like kind of uh well mustache twirling the type of villain right saw's mustache but yes exactly i, I yes, take your yeah, point yeah yeah um, looks like dr robotnik may have twirled his mustache a little too much i mean <laughs> you know dr robotnik's actually based off of teddy roosevelt that would make a lot of sense right like as soon as you hear it you're like sure. yeah that yeah, yeah I that can tracks yeah yeah okay um 
but like his he's like again like i'm so okay with him not having a voice and having you know talking about his evil plans like it's just hilarious because there are a lot of times at the beginning of the game like at the beginning of the game especially when he's uh basically screaming yelling at his robots because they stole like them time warping gem like this great animation of him just screaming and pointing at them yeah and then pressing a button and his the claw on his robot grabs a gem from them and then it warps the whole screen like that is more charming than anything i've ever seen in any 3d sonic game as far as dr eggman's animations and stuff like that so now okay Mm. Yeah, it seems like a missed opportunity that mm-hmm. you wouldn't have like his his big claw attack not be like one of those UFO <laughs> catchers that come from the ceiling. He like goes all the way to the right and then out a little bit and then drops on them and he misses and you know he curses. <laughs> that would be pretty another, good. Something I, like that. I feel like he's probably had a boss fight like that really? at some point. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and another just thing is uh, the boss fights in the game are pretty creative. There's some really creative ideas as far as boss fights go, and there's sure. some weird deep cuts as far as sonic games go as well like one really shocked me and i was just like wow that's strange but also hilarious okay yeah surprisingly surprisingly well done yeah Mm -hmm. that's good i mean a lot of people just by the track record were kind of expecting this to be terrible again yeah and and it's good that finally sonic fans have a reason to you know stick with that franchise absolutely good well that's good Mm -hmm. uh so a couple minutes left anything else you're playing this week uh no that's pretty much it yeah, I'm going to finish up Sonic then. Well, I'm going to go back to Breath of the Wild after I get some uh, games. I'll believe it when I see it. Ah, I'm going to text you as soon when I when I beat that game. You sure we won't be moving on to a different media transmission? <laughs> like I mean, texting might be obsolete by the time you finish. No promises. That's right. You'll be playing it backwards compatibility on like a completely different system 10 years from now. That seems likely. <laughs> All right, so enough uh, busting your chops. This week, um, people on the stream saw me actually play on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were playing some more Hard West. Nice. I played that a couple times last week and uh, played that again a little bit more this week, mm-hmm. which uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out the stream, you can check that out at twitch.tv twitch slash digital underscore fiasco. Uh, we had played Hard West a couple times last week during the test streams, played it right uh, this week on Thursday, leading into the uh, Doing Stuff is Fun episode where you guys were playing mm-hmm. Diablo 3. Yes. And both episodes can be seen there on the Twitch uh, homepage for our channel. Uh, Hard West, if you've never seen it, is basically an XCOM style of tactical game where you are literally in the Wild West. And what's kind of neat is it's uh, not just a tactical level game, but you do also have an overworld map. You have uh, different sort of RPG uh, actions you can take, like you have to manage your inventory. You have different guns, different items, different relics or or whatnot. By the way, because I say Wild West, it is actually like more like a weird West, like Mm. the uh, Deadlands RPG um, or uh, Shadows of Brimstone, the board game that we've uh, played before. Either one of those is a good sort of baseline for what you what you can expect in the game. I have not made not one but two deals with the devil. Um, <laughs> not surprised have, at all. I have had a mangled foot at least three times with two separate characters. Uh, there's actually you can play an Iron Man and with uh, injuries that you get from combat as well. Oh, I, I do not play with those because yeah, no. I'm just learning the game. Right. But uh, as it is, right, you get. Uh, 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 gold and different uh equipment you get cards like playing cards right. and each player they, they each one has a bonus and when you put them in your hand like each character that you play uh can have a hand of cards and when you get like 
uh, higher ranked hands. It gives you additional bonuses on top of the face value of the card itself. All right, so it does have some light RPG elements in it. You have to mm -hmm. buy uh, guns. You get uh, equipment and whatnot from uh, missions. Right. You get uh, gold. You can sometimes, actually, depending on the, the, the uh, particular scenario you're in, you can uh, mine gold. You can own mines. You can learn different mining skills. There's some uh, different choices you have to make, like... If you're going to like an Indian camp, you can mm -hmm. get yourself healed or, you know, depending on how evil you want to be. Um, like I said, I've, I've made deals with the devil twice. Um, <laughs> both have ended poorly. Uh, my father has died. My my wife, uh, who stuck through me, stuck through me, stuck <laughs> with me through thin and thin. Um, oh. She has also died. Oh, and now God. I've come back from the dead as like an undead cowboy. And, and yeah, it's like a, a Weird West style oh. of game. So there's supernatural elements. So you're kind of like the killer of saints from Preacher. Pretty much. Yeah, kind of like that. Actually, there is one scene where immediately after coming back from uh, the dead, mm. it's basically like High Plains Drifter and I wipe out a whole town. In fact, wow. I give the option of activating the telegraph to get more people to come to town so you can kill them too. <laughs> and have your complete revenge. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, past the, the first mission you actually get from uh, the devil like if you uh, want to really lean into it if you kill 100 people you'll mm. get an additional infernal reward so um, mm. there's a lot of little uh, optional things there's like the Iron Man mode which you can turn on which I didn't because mm -hmm. that's fucking awful Yeah. Um, there is the uh, injuries will be persistent if you get hit like in combat I don't want to do that but I have had a mang mangled foot more than once Um yeah, so things like uh, your movement rate, very much like XCOM, your uh, um, your aim will affect how well you hit at a distance, and there's a percentage chance depending on how much cover the enemy is behind or the circumstances. Like if you're firing through like soft cover, you can shoot like through a wagon if you, you can see his shadow on the other side. Oh, cool! I so love it's kind of neat. Yeah. So there's a lot of interesting aspects of the game. I'm really enjoying it. Um, there's a lot of different scenarios, and I think there's a prequel scenario that I haven't unlocked yet. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I guess I have to get further in the game, but it actually does have a branch path on the scenario. So huh. um, I've gone one way and I've, I've stayed with, uh, I think guy's name is William or Wallace or something. Mm -hmm. Wilfred. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, well, hell. it's kind of neat. Like in the, the last stream from uh, Thursday before uh, why would uh, doing stuff is fun. Yeah. I actually unlocked uh, a guy uh, whose name was uh, Brendan, Brendan Scott. And he has this crazy-eyed looking fucking face. <laughs> and it kind of looks like, uh, uh, I don't know, like someone in a Game of Thrones, like one of the guys you'd see in the background. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Anyway, so uh, the mythology of Brendan Scott uh, sort of built up as the course of the game went on on the huh. stream. It's like uh, he started off as Brendan Scott. And I'm like, attorney at law. <laughs> so it was Brendan Scott, attorney at law. Then it'd be, like, it, we were in this one mission where it was just it just seemed like all of the, there was a demon and then all of his servants were like women. So he's like Brandon Scott, attorney at law and lady killer. <laughs> and then because he, he worked out for whatever reason to be this ultimate crack shot. He nailed like five or six of these really extreme shots in a row and oh, wow. killed guys. So it was like Brandon Scott, attorney at law, lady killer, demon hunter and uh, safe cracker extraordinaire by the end of the game. <laughs> wow. So it's kind of fun. That's I mean, great. the game itself has a story that's pretty good. But, you know, the, the emergent mythology was kind of funny as well. So. Neat. That was captured in the stream, luckily, for all time. Mm. Uh, I've also been playing No Man's Sky. We talked about the uh, Atlas Rises update yeah. and how it broke the game for me. So um, there's been a 1.32 patch now that supposedly has fixed shit for me, mm -hmm. but uh, I've not yet had a chance. I've, I took like five minutes at the start of the game, right? and I can get missions again from the base specialists, um, but you have to go through their plot lines 
again right. in order to unlock the stuff that I could have built originally. So voltaic cells, which are critical to things like basically anything mechanical, like a beacon or an exocraft, uh, like a platform or um, a, a landing pad for your ship. Basically anything important needs voltaic cells and I do not know how to build them anymore. Oh. So I have to go through all of that. Apparently that's fixed. We'll see what happens. Um, the uh, inventory slots, the extra inventory slots in my exosuit were not available because um, I couldn't buy them again because I had already maxed out that before the patch. So the Ugh. game thought it had no room left. Uh, a bunch of other stuff like that. So if this doesn't fix it, I'm going to go back and put this on the shelf for like another three months till like the next 1.4 patch comes out or yeah. something. So, uh, okay, granted that Sean Murray and them, they had to kind of support this to yeah. redeem themselves. They, they've done a lot of extra work that's kind of now feature complete to what they had said they were going to do originally. Hmm. So um, uh, I hope that they now can bring in some new stuff that we haven't seen or heard of and push it in a new direction. Yeah. And uh, so far, I'm, I'm satisfied with the game. I liked it before. I still like it now. Um, but... It really, it, it, I think I'm just fatigued after having played it in its original form and having so many issues. Now, um, now that we've actually finally made some progress and some of these interesting new features are there, having them break on me originally, it's like uh, mm -hmm. I, I just, I can't do this. I yeah. need, I need to put it aside and come back to it later. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, so instead of that, I've actually started off on a game that uh, wasn't really on my radar until fairly recently, but being a big fan of Saints Row, I jumped in on Agents of Mayhem, which um, we, we talked about this a little bit. It's basically very similar to what you would um, you would see if you combine like Saints Row with uh, Overwatch. Mm -hmm. It's very much a fast action um sort of a skill set based game where you build a team of three agents each one has their own specialties and uh, each one has their own upgrade trees their own weapons their own ultimates their their special attacks etc and so you you build up this team and you can swap between them at will so based on the age the enemies you you run into or the scenarios you run into mm -hmm. you can kind of mix and match your team to get a, a good combination and you can also combine like their special abilities a lot of the time like one will do extra damage if an enemy is vulnerable, then you can equip to one of your other guys and uh, like a special attack that yeah. induces vulnerability. So things like that, like you can combine their abilities for additional further effect. So uh, there's a lot of uh, strategy that goes into that. Mm -hmm. The game itself, though, is just kind of mindless fun. <laughs> it's just a lot of explosions, yeah. a lot of death. Um, we talked about like the original three agents you get, you get... Uh, Hard tack, which is like a big burly pirate guy. Yeah. He's got a sawed off shotgun and uh, he regenerates. He's like your your tank character. Mm -hmm. um, he's got something called a teleharpoon, which is I his love that. grenade. Yeah. yeah. You throw it at someone, it teleports him to right in front of you so you can shotgun him in the face. That's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. So uh, there's that. Um, there's also uh, to start the game with is Fortune, a female pirate. She's got kind of a, a red bandana on. Uh, I think she's Latina. Um, she's got like twin, uh, like, they're not flintlocks they're twin they're pistols pistol, right yeah, yeah. and her uh her special attack is uh oh she also has like a like a, a drone called glory oh, so it's fortune yeah, glory see, uh, I've, okay yeah. i think i've seen pictures of that that uh, drone that's cool yeah and, and so her special attack is that she like taps her guns together and it's like a cannonball attack oh. 
So it's kind of neat. And then uh, her special, like her ultimate attack. Yeah, well, each character has an ultimate attack as well. So mm-hmm. very much like Overwatch, right? Yeah. Which they call their mayhem attack. Uh-huh. And mayhem is like the uh, the meter that builds up as you kill and destroy people, like with greater style. Like if you mm-hmm. get headshots or you blow things up or you use your specials a lot, you'll generate mayhem. Mm-hmm. And uh, your, her ultimate glory goes on like a big rampage and starts electrocuting people. Oh, nice. Um, uh, what's face uh hollywood oh i forgot about hollywood yeah so hollywood uh he's like an action star literally he was an action star and then he joined mayhem so like all of his stuff plays like he's like a a b-movie thriller he's got a lot of one-liners as he kills guys um his ultimate literally like puts on his sunglasses and an explosion comes up behind him he's like cue the action music and your your machine gun uh, goes into like full auto mode and like explosions are everywhere and people are flying all over the place. So mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's, he's a good all arounder um, right now out of, the, out of the three agents. I've also gotten a couple of extra ones that I've unlocked. One is called Yeti, who is like a big Russian guy who's like been experimented on. So he's got like a lot of cold powers. Uh-huh. So he freezes guy in place. He's kind of a controller type. Nice. And then you can melee them and, and they'll smash. Oh, neat. Um, and his special attack is just like a big, um like an ice blast that freezes everyone in the area mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool um and then there's a, a rama who is like uh an indian woman she's like from mumbai and um she's got a bow she's like their sniper character mm-hmm. and and she's trying to her the reason she joined she joined um she joined uh, mayhem is to like cure this plague so her special attack is actually like a plague infection like she oh. s- screws onto her arrow like a, a vial of this plague and yeah. it's like a big area of effect that induces like a uh a damage over time effect right and when those people die there's a chance to like further explode into other guys oh, and like wow. continue infecting people That's so it's a little counterintuitive yeah, since she's trying to cure the like, plague wait, but <laughs> i guess if she infects her enemies right but then she could get more more samples right but all of her uh bonuses are based on like headshot attacks and like fine aim uh and if you get like a critical hit it does like you can like bump it up like 20 25 30 percent extra oh, wow. damage and stuff and she has like a, a lot greater range so she's the sniper character yeah so i'm having a lot of fun with that it is a stupid game <laughs> it is like if volition made crackdown mm-hmm. but it's fun yes. it, it's a, a check your brain at the door right so that's that um agents of mayhem is good if you like that kind of stupid fun game mm-hmm all right. So you may have noticed that uh, the second half of that discussion was a little bit more by rote and, and kind of went by faster. <laughs> we had a bit of a technical issue with the. Unfortunately. Yeah. So we we lost about twenty minutes of that discussion. So uh-huh. talking about the last half of Hard West and uh, No Man's Sky and yeah. uh, Agents of Mayhem there that we had that discussion twice. Yes. So we're uh, going to move on now to the disc downloads and DLC, the Triple mm-hmm. D, where we talk about uh, the highlights of what's coming out this week. Um, the first thing that's coming out this week is um, Madden NFL 18, which has the brand new uh, long shot. Yes, story mode. That's so neat. that's interesting. Yep. And uh, it's kind of the new thing now with these sports games to mm-hmm. have this this story mode in them. Yeah, uh, I really first, like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested. Like, it's the only thing that's gotten me. I'm not a big sports guy. No, neither am I. And I, I, I play some of the sports games. I played Madden a couple. Uh-huh. Of, I, you know, if, if there's a sports game out there I will play, it'll be Madden. Sure. Um, but you get my career in NBA uh, 2K15, mm-hmm. and then the 2K16 version, which was actually directed by Spike Lee, mm-hmm. which I was always curious in mm-hmm. to see like what the Spike Lee yeah. uh, directed my career mode would be like. 
like all dramatic and yeah, camera I, pans. I, I, I want to play it just for that, yeah. or at least watch it. You know, like I want to see it. That might make an interesting. Uh, why would you play that? Oh yes, play in my career mode and oh, see shit. Spike Lee. Uh, <laughs> Road to the show in uh, of course MLB the show sixteen and seventeen, mm-hmm. and uh, in at E three they talked about uh, the journey in FIFA right. seventeen. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing. Like now, uh, long shot mode will be their answer to like the replacements or something. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say Friday Night Lights, but mix it up. I like it. it. I like it. So uh, what else is out this week? Oh, oh, by the way, the Madden is out on Friday. Okay. Uh, there's three other ones that I, I want to talk about that are actually out uh, this coming Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The Escape is two for one. Yes. Uh, and that's going to be... Um, a sequel to the original which is kind of like a great escape sort of prison escape style game which i was a big fan of i always liked that kind of game and uh there was nothing really like this that had like free roaming uh craft your own stuff like you literally have to scavenge and try to avoid security and uh as the prisons got higher and higher security it became more difficult to like just you know distract a guard and steal his key yeah. and you know whatever you had to like um, build a shiv out of like some plastic and, and a mold and uh, you know actually uh, try to make your escape and, and avoid triggering all the alarms cut a hole in the fence however it works yeah so it's all free form many different ways to go this one though adds multiplayer which is going to be amazing mm-hmm. um, for the very first time i'm happy to announce that uh, our, our uh, frequent target travis <laughs> that uh, the the two staves have uh, made fun of over the course of the the streams on multiple times, and of course, you know myself and Dan, we joke back and forth about Travis refuses to watch the our, our streams of the podcast. So <laughs> he's actually uh, consented to be uh, part of a, a stream himself. So That's the interesting. him and I playing the Escapist too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know yet whether it'll be live or not, but he'll be on stream uh, verbally. So it'll be his first uh, introduction to the digital fiasco experience. Mm-hmm. Um, that one comes out on Tuesday. Likely, uh, we won't get to that, uh, right away because also on Tuesday is of course, Uncharted. Yeah. The Lost Legacy, which is, uh, going to be, um, an interesting sort of change because like, like Uncharted 4, it introduced Madagascar, which was a larger semi open world style of game. Um, kind of brought me back to like Far Cry 2 because yeah. you're out there in, on Madagascar. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the Lost Legacy also introduces a much larger version of that that actually has like open ro- open world free roaming aspects. And that has me intrigued. Granted, again, I we've talked about this. I will play the Uncharted games eventually, yes. but that is, See, sounds interesting to me. Oh, uh, you have no- <laughs> God. <laughs> I think I've made. I think yeah, I'm- I'd I'd forgotten that you hadn't played the Uncharted I'll, I'll, games. I'll borrow them from you. You you. Uh, anyway. <laughs> we'll move on. Anyway. <laughs> So that comes out on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of wondering, and we, we talked about this before. Yeah. We lost it. Uh, I'm interested to see if this is now sort of a, a, a backdoor pilot, basically, into a new version of it, Uncharted, mm-hmm. that plays either, like, similarly to, um, like, Far Cry, where it's all open world, or at least, you know, more open world than the ones we've seen traditionally have been. Yeah. So uh, it'd be interesting if, like, the next iteration of uncharted even if it's not with drake you know mm-hmm. depending on how much you've played there's an an obvious continuation of the storyline that could be if you right. played uncharted 4 
Um, but it could be interesting if they're going to reinvent themselves, mm -hmm. sort of reboot the franchise yeah. in this new open way. And, and I know we talked about this a bit, but just to like reiterate, like the right. whole, because my question was that if they go on a bit more of an open world scale for some of this thing, do you think it'll affect and or diminish some of their right. set piece moments? Yeah, and I, I, I do think they can still handle it because, I mean, even in some of the more open areas, they managed to have like a good... I mean, not to the same extent as like sure. the train or the, you know, the airplane that you've seen in all the trailers. Right. But uh, I think if they got into like, if you're in a dungeon and then, they, you know, they're, they're sort of moving you in a fixed direction. Yeah. They can do that a little bit more. But I mean, I, I trust Naughty Dog to deliver uh, a good Uncharted sort of big, bombastic, epic experience, even in a new way. That's so fair. even if it was in the open world, like completely, I'm sure they could put something together. Mm -hmm. If if uh, Metal Gear Solid Five can do it, I think they can do it. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's that. Also, there is Thimbleweed Park comes mm. to PS4, which yeah. is already available on Xbox One and PC. That which, looks neat. Yeah. If you're a Ron Gilbert fan of uh, Monkey Island fame, mm -hmm. uh, if you're like... Um, like that kind of game with sort of a Twin Peaks spin. That's sort of what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's going to come out on Tuesday as well. Um, we do have a couple of anti-releases. <laughs> uh, Crackdown 3 has been delayed till oh. first quarter 2018. Woof. Yeah, they, that's a, it's a, a tough get for Microsoft because yeah. they pretty much, aside from Forza, Forza 7, they don't really have anything else for yeah. first-party games at the end of this year for the Xbox One X launch. I mean, there's going to be things like, you know, Assassin's Creed Origins that's going to look great on it, mm -hmm. but nothing really built from the ground up. Yeah, for Xbox. Which yeah. presumably Crackdown has been. Mm -hmm. So that's disappointing, and especially now with, you know, two things. First of all, uh, with Agents of Mayhem we talked about, that's basically a Crackdown experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they're doing that now. Um, and, and I mean, you look at Crackdown 2, not so great. Crackdown 1 was good. Yes. Crackdown 2, maybe not so good. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Agents of Mayhem delivers that with kind of, and, and, and actually, I don't think we reiterated this, but Agents of Mayhem plays on sort of a G.I. Joe aesthetic. Yeah, where, that's right. Um, it's like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like all the cutscenes, by the way, are animated, like a Saturday morning cartoon. That's pretty neat. It is. So, and literally, when you load back up into the hub, it, it does like a whole gi joe the more you know kind of well not the more you know but it's like uh, and now you know yeah. and knowing is half, half the battle, battle right? yeah. I, but it's I their like spin that. on it yeah so it's kind of funny but it's all tongue-in-cheek and all more you know edgy with murder yes as opposed good. to just you know mm -hmm. you know people eat your lasers. vegetables yeah. <laughs> people shooting lasers nobody dying exactly <laughs> yeah exactly so mm -hmm. it's very much that aesthetic uh so having that in crackdown like um and now especially with their uh removing uh, like the city destruction from everything but multiplayer. Right. Like, I don't know how six months later or however long in first quarter it is, I'm assuming it's six months, mm -hmm. especially going up against things like, you know, God of War and uh, Detroit or um, uh, what's it, uh, Days Gone right. in oh, first boy. quarter. Yeah, that's rough. It's going to be packed, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they don't really have anything first party this year, so they're in trouble. Yeah. Uh. Also in the anti-releases, Hairbrain Schemes, Battletech was uh, supposed to be out sometime in 2017. Mm -hmm. That's been officially pushed back till early 2018. That's a shame. Yeah, and, and that might not be as big a deal for a lot of people, but mm -hmm. I was a big Battletech fan back in the day. Like, yeah. that's the first uh, mech kind of game that I've ever played. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, we're talking about the original Mech Warrior and Mech Warrior <laughs> 2 and 
um, MechWarrior 3, and the other one, the the actual Tactics-style game, which was, I think... Was it MechWarrior Tactics? It might have been. Anyway, a lot of MechWarrior games. Right. So, kind of disappointed, because it looked like it was a good return to form that was going to be out this year, now early next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a couple other announcements as well for games that are coming out. Uh, we Happy Few finally has been dated for PS4. Okay. That, that's yeah. going to be out uh, April 13th, 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we talked about this a bit, how it kind of has a sort of a Bioshocky overtone, like a sort of dystopian, uh, but still trying to make the best of it kind of feel. Yeah. And um, I, I, I had some issues with the game initially, and I know it was in early access on Steam. They've, they're, they're now kind of uh, solving some of the problems. Right. But uh, I've all, I wanted to wait until it was more feature complete. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like you say, a more balanced experience. Yes. yeah. And uh, hopefully by first quarter, like in, in April, that'll actually be corrected. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the aesthetic of it, sort of the, the idea of, like, everyone's taking pills to, like, moderate their moods and, and yeah. like, like an equilibrium, right? But oh, yeah. It, instead of no emotion, the right emotion. Yes, absolutely. So... Uh, I'm interested. It, it definitely has a unique style, and the the procedural generation I think has introduced introduced a lot of uh, difficulties with the balancing. Mm-hmm. So if they can get that right, it'll be good for replay value. Yeah. But it seems a little bit uh, kind of like you you had said before, it like very unforgiving, very like you can die very easily. Yeah. If the uh, if the procedural generation doesn't run your way, yeah. could be added difficulty because i was watching it um like i was watching it when it was kind of first shown like when they're actually showing people playing playing it i remember um just for whatever reason the procedural generation put them in a really rough position where they were trying to avoid guards because the guards were just placed in some really frustrating ways but what was worse is the fact they were getting thirsty and they couldn't find anything to drink and without that kind of being balanced properly or yeah. being, you know, appropriately distributed, you mm-hmm. can easily find yourself in trouble. Yep. It's like No Man's Sky, basically. Yeah. If you find yourself on a bad planet, you're just fucked. Yeah. Or uh, or, or risk of rain. There you go. Oh, my God. Yeah. Even worse. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I, I was not a... I did not enjoy my time I, I, with I that at all. I remember that. But, yeah, you know, after you talked about it, I was like, okay, I understand why. Yeah. Even though I do like that game, but I totally understand Yikes. why you wouldn't enjoy it. Yikes. Mm-hmm. It was a bit inflexible. <laughs> Just a tad. Yeah. Uh, also announced uh, uh, Deep Silver is publishing uh, Yakuza 6 in uh, EMEA. Yes. We also heard about uh, uh, Sega's doing it here in the in the West. But, right. Um, they've dated uh, Yakuza, The Song of Life. That'll be out. That's Yakuza 6. Yes. That'll be out uh, March 20th, 2018. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have only a very little amount of time between um, the end of... Yakuza 5, mm. actually not, pardon me, not Yakuza 5, Yakuza Kiwami, right. which comes out, I think, in two and, weeks. And I know you've talked about this, but just to make sure, make clear, Yakuza Kiwami is Yakuza 1, right? That's, That's correct. A remake. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yakuza 0, which had like come out earlier this year, yes. was a prequel, Yes. all new material, but it, it, like, it was done in such a way that it brilliantly, you can see how how it leads directly into the right, second Right, if you know the story, you're just right. like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. So Yakuza Kiwami, which is apparently going to have like a lot of revised elements to it. So mm-hmm. you, even if you have played it, there's a lot there to uh, draw you back. But it's going to like, yeah. uh, and it looks so good. It mm-hmm. looks really good. Um, so that's going to be the first Ka- uh, Yakuza game. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they do the second too, because the second one I have issues with. <laughs> 
that's going to be March 20th. Uh, Deep Silver also announced they're going to be uh, signing a global partnership with uh, EaseNet or WiseNet, mm-hmm. depending on if you play Ease, <laughs> yes. uh, to publish uh, Shenmue 3, mm-hmm. which will be out the second half of 2018. Yeah. And um, I have mixed feelings about Shenmue. Uh-huh. I did back this version just to, you know, kind of support it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, after after Yakuza, I can, I can barely muster any kind of excitement over Shenmue. I mean, sometimes I like to watch some of the really cheesy cinematics on YouTube because they're really funny. Yeah. Because I did play Shenmue, um, the first one, back on Dreamcast because right. I had one of those. As did um, I. As yeah, did I. Yeah, that, thank you. Yes, thank you. So few people actually bought that that I know. Uh, the Dreamcast? Yeah, the Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sad but true. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. But, um, you know, like, that game was really cool at the time. Like, right. it was really neat. Hadn't seen anything like that. It really mainstreamed, for better or for worse, yeah. QTE, right? Um, but now with things like Yakuza out, it's almost right. like, what is the point? And I I feel terrible saying that, but, it, I mean... It's true. It does everything that Shenmue had did, except significantly better at this yeah. point. Yeah, and, and we talked about this. Like, I, I was a... I, I much preferred that experience because it was uh, each one individually yes. is, is like a self-contained right. sort of arc. Yeah. So if you've never played Yakuza, you jump in anywhere, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the, the, the full effect, granted, mm-hmm. but uh, beginning to end, you could say, okay, this is where this story begins, this is where the ending is, and it's over. Mm-hmm. And so each, each one, even though it continuously builds on the one before it, it it's a self-contained arc. Uh, obviously, you're going to get a lot more playing all of them in order yeah but uh you, you finish shenmue and it's like wow that's a you know that's a cliffhanger and then you finish the second one it's like wow okay this is still not done mm-hmm. it's like very fragmentary to my mind mm. and, and you know now that he's still talking about stories beyond three so yeah, i'm I like remember saying that in an interview. you really need to like Oof. cap this off just in case you don't get another one no kidding so anyway we'll see if that turns out to be good it looks like you know I'm hoping it's going to be good. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, all, why did I back it? All we've seen was was when, he, when our boy Ryu's jumping on those stones. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, boy. Okay. Ridiculous. We'll see. Anyway. So let's get on to the news. Okay. So uh, Life is Strange, the uh, Before the Storm, mm-hmm. which is the, the sequel slash prequel. Right to Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to come out at the end of the month, uh, but the trophy lists for this game are already out there in the wild, mm-hmm. and some keen-eyed observers have seen that there is a problem with the lists, namely that unless you buy the deluxe edition of the game, you cannot get the platinum trophy. Mm-hmm. So PlayStation owners, if you play this game, you can't get the platinum trophy because of the way it's it's structured. It's the... Um, the name of the trophy is Complete Farewell, and uh, in order to finish that, you have to have the deluxe version of the game uh, to get the Farewell episode, which Ooh. is unavailable any other way. Damn. So uh, Square Enix issued a statement almost right away saying, okay, no, that's a mistake. You know, there shouldn't be anything that gates the, the Platinum Trophy if you don't have the um, uh, deluxe edition of the game. Yeah. Right. So they're now taking steps with Sony to uh, try to correct the issue, but it really goes to show that, you know, uh, trophy lists are important to a lot of people. You know, if you do not have a good trophy list or if you have a trophy list that requires like say for example multiplayer uh gaming or Mm -hmm. you know things like this it does affect whether or not people buy the game yeah so and and we talked about this you're not you're not a trophy hunter per se no i mean 
I, I think kind of the way I look at it is like, you know, I, most of the time, like I see anything like a bronze trophy. I'm like, it's it, those are generally good right. job at turning on the game. Good job at getting to this point in the game that you have to. And those I'm just like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Yeah. But I mean, every once in a while, again, as a non-trophy hunter, every once in a while, um, something pops up. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, for example, I think the example I gave was uh, Bloodborne. Yeah. Uh, when I beat that, I got the perfect ending on the first time and I got a gold trophy. For that. I was like, oh, that's that's kind of... And I was like, yeah, that feels pretty good. Like, well, that's pretty neat. Barbadurko. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much... Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people, like, there are some, and, and coincidentally... Yeah. Like, uh, or do you have something else? Oh, no, I mean, all I was going to say was, like... I think you're probably going to get to this, but mm. even as a person that's not a trophy hunter, like that's kind of like, I do understand at least the desire to get right. those platinum trophies. And I do think that's kind of shitty if it is something like that, that's gated through something like DLC yeah. or, or through like, Oh, you have to get the special edition version. That's limited. Like that's not fair. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there hasn't been an issue like that. There are um, ones that are very, very difficult to get unless right. you have like uh, the DLC or it makes it much easier. Right? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, coincidentally, uh, our good friend Travis, mm. uh, he is one of those that only plays a game when he can get the the hundred percent. So he'll look at the trophy list. Right. Okay, that's so interesting. So he is he is actively avoided playing games entirely wow. if they are either uh, very difficult or um, require some online that takes forever. Yeah. So it actually prevents him from playing the game if the trophies are either too difficult or just unreasonable that's fair so it, i mean it is and it isn't like you're missing out but that's just the mindset some yeah. people are in right well i mean some people again like depending on the what your play style like i, I used to be like this where i needed to 100 percent games and yeah. if that's the case for sure because a lot of people are still like that and if you either can't do it or you need to have these bunch of these multiplayer requirements that are right. really difficult i can see that because that'll just you'll stick in your head while you're like oh i've got this incomplete yeah. you know see I, i'm i like certain games i will do that I, sure. I will actually go and i'll get the platinum and i do have a lot of platinums yes but there are games where it's just like okay this isn't worth it mm -hmm. i'm not enjoying myself why would i go to this extra step yeah so i think uh, a lot of developers underestimate mm -hmm. the effect that their lists have on yeah. the sales of the game like they're, they're not actually taking the time and effort to put together uh, a solid list or a a reasonable list. Yeah. Uh, instead, it's just you know these guys will do whatever, so I yeah. don't care. Have Have you? I don't know if you and Dan had talked about this, but I mean, like again, listening to like the kind of funny guys, like they're invested in trophy stuff. Yeah. Um, they're they, a little nuts that way. A little bit, right? And they and obviously have the connection with Sony, but they've talked about like, hey, like we will be consultants, like like seriously, like they would be willing, and I'm yeah. sure there are a few people that'd be willing to help consult about trophies like they well, can... it should be just like mm -hmm. logic right if, if you're your your game like say white knight chronicles mm -hmm. which apparently <laughs> the by by conservative standards takes a thousand hours to platinum wait what a thousand hours to platinum how just sheer grindery oh. because of the way the the Whoa. trophies are structured it's just that's unnecessary that that's insane you know and, and that does nothing to encourage people to buy your game. See, what would be interesting, and again, like, would what would be interesting for trophies as well is, like, things that encourage people to do creative or interesting things as well, right? Like, there are, I'm sure that you've probably seen trophies like that, or it's yeah. not, not too common. Well, I mean, it, 
doing interesting things. Like if you look at uh, uh, some games, like not necessarily Uncharted, because that's basically all like kill 50 enemies with this gun, kill yeah. 50 enemies with this gun. That's that's pretty uh, eh. bland. Sure, yeah. You know, but there are games like that have such unique and interesting uh, plots and, and have trophies that are, are uh, that lead you to do interesting things, but mm -hmm. um, it, it's not just. I, I keep saying interesting. That yeah, doesn't know, really right? tell me anything. Okay, so uh, say for example, there is. Uh, Jesus, I'm trying to think of an example now, and you know, I'm kind of on the spot. Oh, sorry, I kind of just threw that That's out. That's okay because I've played a lot, like so many games, mm -hmm. right? But it's like, uh, like in in Red Dead Redemption, for example, there you, one of the trophies is to literally take a woman and tie her to the railroad tracks, oh, right? Oh, yeah, like the classic... You know, uh... Stuff that you may not do just naturally on your mm -hmm. own, but it, it's kind of funny that in that kind of game, you have that, or like, you know, jump off the second floor and land on your horse and kind of stuff oh, like yeah, that, okay. you know? Uh, or like uh, dead-eye shots from, you know, a certain distance away. Right. I, I remember in, uh, I think it was... I think it was in Payday. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of interesting plot lines like that, like uh, uh, get, like... Um, like eight bags of crystal meth and carry them out because like you literally had to carry and, and do like multiple runs with the, uh -huh. the bags of meth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, meth bags, that's obviously what you really want to have in a game. <laughs> but I mean, uh, uh, all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, this, is a, this is a terrible segment. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry. I, I that's did okay. Kinda, that's on me. I kind of just thought of that because I was just like, oh, I guess that you can, like just thinking about the things that you could do right. with trophies and, and kind of encourage like emergent moments or encourage people to think about certain gameplay mechanics in a slightly different way. Yeah. And I think that could be interesting. But again, I'm saying that as again, somebody who doesn't, I, I, I almost never look at trophy lists. Like I rarely do. I usually only yeah. look at them when I beat a game just to see what's there. And like, I was talking to you ages ago about considering doing the trophy, the getting the platinum for Final Fantasy 15. Cause I could Ugh. potentially do it, but yeah. it would take so freaking long. And I don't think I want to play that game that long. Probably not worth your time and effort because no. at the end you'll have a trophy and you'll have played like 400 hours of Final Fantasy 15. Oh, exactly. I'm just not that invested in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on. Sure. Nintendo Switch is continuing to sell well, mm -hmm. unfortunately, possibly to its detriment. Yeah. Because they're being sued for patent infringement. Right. I heard about that. Yeah. So accessory manufacturer GameVice has filed suit against Nintendo for infringing on their patent for a handheld system called the WikiPad, which bills itself as a gaming-oriented Android slate. <laughs> so the device has dual analog sticks, it has four analog buttons and an analog D-pad, mm. and critically, the accessory has an area where a tablet or mobile device would slide in. So the lawsuit claims the Nintendo Switch and its Joy-Con controllers closely resemble what the game vice had in mind for its own take on a game controller, and now... Uh, both parties aren't commenting on current legal actions, obviously, mm -hmm. but uh, it looks like potentially they could be going to court or, you know, settling out of court. But mm -hmm. um, it puts Nintendo in a bad shape because already they have issues with production. Mm -hmm. They have issues with uh, meeting demand. Yes. And and now they're having devices like uh, they can't get the screens right for their devices. They can't right. get the, me the, the mechanisms for the devices. Mm -hmm. So um, they're not having a good run of it. And, and the Switch, even though it has been a popular device and popular, uh, like, it, it's well-built. Yes. But without the the games and now without the, the people to buy it, mm -hmm. 
Uh, Michael Pachter is worried that they may have trouble actually meeting like 50 or 60 million units, Holy. like over the course of their yeah. lifetime. Yeah. So um, now they're, they're embroiled in a patent dispute. Like, you know, that's not going to do them any favors either. No. Huh. Wow. You know, it's kind of, it's a, it's a damn shame considering Nintendo has been in surprisingly good graces with their fans with right. the Switch. And again, it's proven to be, like you say, without the games, but a solid piece of technology. Good hardware. Like, it's very good hardware. It feels great. It plays great. Like when taking it out of the dock and onto your, and your hands and back again, absolutely right. seamless. Like it's really well made. So this stuff is just really terrible. And again, it's unfortunate yeah. because Nintendo fans were fairly disappointed with the Wii U. Like I'm a Wii U owner and right. it's uh, not suit. I'm not in love with that console. I like it because I, there are good games that I have on it, but that console itself, not awesome. No. Uh, so now Nintendo fans are kind of getting what they want, but literally like the, it's not like the Wii where it's like, Oh no, we can't meet demands. Everybody wants one. It's more of the case. Like we literally can't build these things right <laughs> now, which is terrible. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just worried that the bubble is going to burst and they're not going to have enough out there to support like yes. further developments and, of the uh, games. This is a critical time for them. It right. absolutely is. So again, if, even if everything, like, I mean, it's likely that they're going to be able to figure things out and be able to resume production at some point. Yeah. But will that be too late? It's definitely going to be like it's a bump in the road, mm -hmm. and, and it uh, it just they can't get out from under their own issues. Yes, you know they they just cannot get a break. Mm -hmm. So it's like uh, their their launch lineup is ridiculously small. Mm -hmm. You know they, they're going to have um, uh, Mario Odyssey at the end of the year. Yeah, and they have uh, Splatoon. They have Mario Kart Eight. Yeah, and uh, Zelda. Yes. Aside from that third-party developers typically aren't going to port a existing uh, piece of software mm -hmm. and there isn't enough support for the switch itself to have them create brand new third-party uh, software right so i mean uh, ubisoft is doing it you know they're partnering with microsoft uh, part microsoft jesus <laughs> partnering with nintendo yeah. like kingdom battle and that's interesting mm -hmm. but you uh, there's not going to be anything else beyond this unless they get their shit together. Mm -hmm. And and until people start buying in, you know, it's the, basically the, the endless cycle, right? Yes. If they can't get the people to buy the hardware, the software isn't going to be developed, which is going to make people not want to buy the hardware because yep. there's no software. Yep. So, man. Yeah. Well, I, I worry that it'll be similar to, like, the Vita situation. And Very much so. Comparatively, the con like, the consoles are easily compared for yep. obvious reasons both handheld both very like both surprise like you know pro powerful for a handheld right. system right and then also really popular with indie games too because they're really easy to just pick up and play anywhere right um so and again similar thing with the vita right like nobody was buying it so people don't want to develop for it vice versa um nintendo obviously very japanese company this type of console is perfect for japan right uh similar to the way the vita was but again north america again people are showing that they like it but I mean, if you just don't have the games here, you don't have the games. They really need to jump on that virtual console. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I really, I just don't know what that's going to look like. All right. Uh, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment have revealed some interesting information about the endgame of Middle-Earth Shadow of War, mm. uh, making it sound like almost a whole other game after finishing the story. Huh. So uh, it's a new mode called Shadow Wars. 
Uh, and the mission type has Sauron's army launching a counterattack against the regions that Talion has taken control of. Mm. So uh, the fortresses under your command um, will have uh, basically waves of attacks that uh, are segmented into progressively harder stages. Hmm. And as more regions come under attack each time, um, you have to sort of balance your your your, uh, your lieutenants and whatnot and, and uh, try to keep control even though you're being attacked on multiple fronts simultaneously. Huh. Okay. So you're, you're tasked with holding all of the fortresses and if you happen to lose, uh, Soren will move in and take your 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 ground and also your lieutenants like your um the ones you've actually sort of brainwashed yeah um those ones that have been dominated mm -hmm. you actually may have to uh, launch like a rescue mission and bring them back oh neat. so uh they might also die but yeah. theoretically you could actually go on a, a separate uh sort of encounter and uh, find your lieutenants again out there in the wild mm -hmm. so um Apparently, once all the missions in Shadow Wars are completed, you'll see the game's true ending, and that apparently ties into the actual Lord of the Rings storyline. Huh. So, um, that's interesting. It's, uh, hopefully, it will distract people away from the microtransactions that have been in the game. Yeah. And the loot boxes associated yeah. with that. Yeah. Because uh, that was pretty scummy. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a, it's a full-price AAA game. That's mostly single player. I know there are some multiplayer components to it, but I mean, loot boxes seem pretty weird and kind of pointless, especially if it's like, oh, you got a loot box, you got this really good, oh, like really good, uh, really good orc. It's like, but half of the game's fun is right. finding those damn bastards, fighting them, then become your opponents and or taking them over, right? Like, what's the loot boxes seem to kind of take away from that? And again, I'm saying this as somebody who hasn't played yeah. Shadow of War. Oh, I mean Shadow of Mordor, I should say. Yeah. Uh, I watched a lot of it, and it looks like a cool game. Uh, so I will, I do want to play it eventually, but it, 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 hopefully, like, because that stuff sounds cool. Like, what you just mentioned sounds really interesting. Yeah. It sounds like a, almost like a endless type of uh, constant war that can keep happening after the game is done that you can really, that you can really, especially they, they probably throw in some really huge challenges because mm -hmm. at that point you know what you're doing in the game, right? So Yeah, and I mean, it, it really harkens back to, um, we'd talked about this uh, with Dandroid before. Yeah. Um, the difference between, say, uh, Godfather and Godfather 2 sure. or... Uh, Mafia, for example, right. where um, in, in Godfather 2, it was actually more of a push and pull, like a tug of war, mm -hmm. where uh, like uh, San Andreas, for example, okay. if, you, if you take over an area, eventually uh, you might have to uh, go and defend an area because they will come back at you mm -hmm. and try to take over rackets and whatnot. Yeah. So it's kind of a push and pull. Uh, you have to keep building up and building up and then defend what you have and then, you know, go back on the offensive. Because right. if you do and you don't come back and defend what, what, like the areas you've already taken over, you could end up uh, losing ground over and over again. Mm. So it's interesting that now, instead of just being, uh, once you've taken over, it's just yeah. you're done, you you're don't done. have to worry about it. You go back there, yeah. Yeah, so it's always on your toes. You always have to make sure that you have the right lieutenants in the right area mm -hmm. and secure um sort of what you have and keep it mm -hmm. so it's interesting I, I i'm hoping that the the new game looks really good and not so much with the loot transactions right right ridiculous mm -hmm. uh on that note uh destiny 2 <laughs> people discovered that there were microtransactions uh mm. kind of advanced on steam <laughs> uh, which is kind of unusual because um 
Bungie took to Twitter immediately, oh, there was an error, and uh, Valve will be refunding the money. But it kind of begs the question, why the hell suddenly are there microtransactions being on Steam? Because, uh, theoretically, it should be on Steam at all. Huh. Because it's all going to be on Battle.net, right? Like, everything's going to be through Activision, through Blizzard. Uh-huh. Why is it on Steam in, in the first place at all? So... How did that even happen? Like, not only did it, you know, somehow make it onto Steam and then got uh, launched early. So it uh, just confusing to me. That is really weird. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that. Well, I mean, it, if you're into the original Destiny and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, silver was the uh, microtransaction, the, the currency. Right, okay. So they, they've uh, confirmed that, no, it's not going to be on Steam. You know, we are, you know, in bed with... Uh, Blizzard. So yeah. it says, uh, literally, they said, you know, uh, no plans to release Destiny 2 on PC anywhere else and pass it on. Yeah, the, what, what the hell the happened? I don't know, but it just seems strange. Like, why was there even a Steam item created, let alone launched early? Yeah, like somebody had to develop that. So Very confusing. That's weird. So maybe some people had uh, speculated that maybe they'll come up with Destiny, the, the original Destiny. Maybe. But I don't know why they would on Steam. Because, mm. I mean, Blizzard Net is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Why would they bother putting it on Steam? Yeah. Who knows? We'll never know. Weird. Moving on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On that note, uh, Blizzard Net. Yeah. <laughs> in September. Right. Yeah. They said, "Oh no, we're not gonna not gonna have Blizzard Net anymore. It's gonna be Blizzard something. You know, like you know, Blizzard Chat, Blizzard Streaming. It's gonna be Blizzard something. We don't know what. So fast forward to this week. <laughs> it's gonna be part of me, Blizzard Net. Part of me. It's gonna be Battle Net. Yeah. So Blizzard Battle Net. Like after all this time, all the churn, everyone said, "No, Battle Net. It's you know, everyone." knows Battle.net going back to Warcraft. Yes, exactly. So why would they now change that? And of course, they gave in and says, nope, it's going to be Blizzard Battle.net. So I hope you like it. Uh, Okay. I wasn't really invested one way or the other, but I I, I don't think they needed to rebrand it. I mean, what? yeah, what was the draw there? I mean, I've been, you know, I obviously use it for Overwatch and Diablo 3, but like the name never really... Uh, it never really mattered to me, which is, but at the yeah. same time, it's been Battle.net, so it's like, where's the desire to change? It seemed a lot of fans right. were like, why would you change it? Like, yeah, you're I, you're going back to uh-huh. like original Warcraft, Warcraft yeah. Two, like uh, that's some legacy there in the right. name alone, yeah. and and World of Warcraft, of yeah. course. So yeah. that's a recognizable trademark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throwing you know Blizzard Battle.net in front of it, that makes sense sure. just because the way they've been branding it. But yeah. you know, I don't know why they tried to move away from Battle.net in the first place. It's confusing. It really is. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, last weekend, and, and this one, uh, I don't even know what to do with. <laughs> oh, last God. weekend, Ubisoft for Honor uh, completed its season three tournament on PC mm-hmm. with the winner taking home $2,000 in cash. Uh, funny story. The winner, Jacob Palin, he used an exploit to win. Oh, shit. Yeah what and uh it's not only is it was it an exploit it's a known exploit called unlock tech which prevents enemies from parrying certain attacks oh no making the person using the exploit essentially unblockable whoa okay so uh, i'm sorry i'm sure you're going to continue no go ahead but who like how was this discovered well it's discovered like 
everyone knows about so, this. Uh, so basically, the so okay. So basically, what happens is that he won the tournament. People likely knew he was oh, doing yeah. it at the time. I mean, oh yeah, right? Because it's like that shouldn't have happened. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Like the like the. Uh, they actually knew that uh, this was a problem. They had talked about this going back uh, all the way to May. Holy shit. Yeah. I am. But so you, that means Ubisoft could not have not known. Oh, no. no not only did they, they absolutely knew. I yeah. mean, so here, here's the deal. Like Palin, he laughed between matches. He oh. was, he was uh, sailing through the competition, even though he claims he hadn't played the game apparently for like two weeks oh. before the tournament. Okay. And uh, when... Uh, for honor creative director roman compost oriola presented him with his trophy he's basically you know all shit-eating grin mm -hmm. he presented him the trophy and he said good job buddy soon you may have to change your play style so like literally oh, man like, what the hell yeah so it like gaslighted him it was like Everyone knew this was an issue. Oh, that sucks. And apparently he's not the only one. Like, during the, the tournament, uh, many, many players actually took advantage of the game's uh, issues to win. Uh, one user on Reddit, he noted, uh, Ubisoft hosted For Honor tournament ends in embarrassment with the final matches consisting entirely of players abusing exploits and an incredibly unbalanced ability. Wow. Yeah. So That's... the game had uh bugs had exploits disconnects and lag mm -hmm. and, and they're trying to push esports for for honor for esports that's yeah that oh man that really taints them for yeah. that doesn't it you know, three days after the tournament mm -hmm. they patched right uh, they patched out the exploit <laughs> effectively trapping the uh the horse in the empty <laughs> so uh wow. yeah so after like months suddenly oh there's a problem they fixed this but there's all kinds of these exploits and issues and, and whatnot like it's ridiculous I, I was never a big fan of the concept of for honor in general mm -hmm. but as a competitive game like mm -hmm. i don't know how they can really uh have these tournaments and continue on like they've they've lost so much of their play their, their player to uh, mm -hmm. player to fuck <laughs> player base there you go i am having apparently a stroke oh boy yeah <laughs> they lost like something like 80 or 70 or 80 percent of their their player base is oh gone oh my god yeah it's ridiculous jesus and there's so many issues they've uh you know there's no single player campaign really I, mean, I, I don't understand why people are even playing that game still you know it, it you know like for honor is interesting to me i i actually do like the concept like i think it's really i mean it reminds me of a game that uh, uh in some ways of bushido blade yeah um and frankly i do like the character designs i like the kind of different fighting styles it looks really neat but ubisoft didn't really present this game in a way like i feel like they didn't present properly present the game they didn't really no. support it and clearly they haven't been very supporting it a lot but they had this dream of making it like a big competitive esports game but then the way they kind of you know put it out and yeah continue to just ignore these exploits and you know like it's it's kind of a shame and it sucks for the players that were actually interested 
in this game. And that, it reminds me actually of a writing on games YouTube video that I saw ages ago about when that game first came out about the P the very small but like kind of dedicated fan base of the game who were doing tournaments where right. literally or well uh, they literally fight each other like there's two and two battles where they would fight each other and then they would wait and then the one one person won they would wait for the other two to finish and then the two of them would fight like it's <laughs> like this interesting little honor system yep. going on in the subculture of the game that's obviously you know, for those people who may right. have been trying to compete in the tournament, like, look at how they see Ubisoft supporting that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, w I, f I thought it was kind of interesting, the more uh, tactical combat. Yeah. But it was so unbalanced and mm -hmm. just interesting concept, bad application. Yeah, yeah. And terrible execution. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much that game, as far as I'm concerned, was sent out to die. It kind of was. Yeah. Like Ubisoft, I think a lot of publishers often know this, or at least have some sort of idea of the state right. of their game when they release it. And sometimes they just choose to be like, well, we're not going to, we're just still releasing it now. Yeah. It's going to die, whatever. So the only thing I can suggest at this point is for the next patch that they release, they uh -huh. should just put in uh, a question mark at the end of the title. <laughs> for honor? Because if this is the way the competitions go, like it, it's the irony alone. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. Anyway, oh, so yesterday, mm -hmm. and this is this, this breaks my heart. Mm. Yesterday, Bioware confirmed right. that uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, the single player DLC, is not happening. Mm. So this has been like rumored for a long time. Um, on Twitter, they had uh, put out uh, a notice. They went out to the, the MassEffect.com mm -hmm. and said that uh, they're done. Basically, version 1.10 is the final update. There's no planned updates in terms of story content. Mm -hmm. uh, no additional fa uh, uh, patches outside of the multiplayer. Right. Um, the single-player content isn't happening. Mm. So they've introduced... Um, Pardon me, they, they've uh, indicated that there would be continued multiplayer support for the Apex multiplayer missions, mm -hmm. but uh, the only stories we can get, uh, we can expect in Andromeda in the immediate future are going to be either through comics or novels. Mm. So uh, the fate of the Quarian Arc, they reference through the story and uh, tease right at the end of the story, is going to be apparently in one of the comics mm -hmm. going forward. Um, I I'm disappointed. Like, yeah. I... Obviously, it wasn't as good as the original trilogy, but really, it was a, a very good game. It was a serviceable entry-level, uh, mm -hmm. like a brand-new franchise, like a yeah. new beginning. So uh, I'm, it got a lot of flack. There were a lot of issues with uh, the, like the facial rigging and yeah. all the animations. Um, I don't think it really deserved a lot of some uh, like the the backlash the vitriol. right yeah. oh it was ridiculous it was intense like unnecessarily for sure yeah because i mean when you're looking at the, the lens like through the lens of the entire trilogy with all of the dlc mm -hmm. all of the the just the the i don't know like the, the the like the original mass effect trilogy has such a special place in most people's hearts mm -hmm. to look at that versus now uh looking at mass effect andromeda as like the start of a new franchise mm -hmm. and saying okay it wasn't as good as all of the uh, trilogy that came before mm -hmm. like how how, how could it be how you know how much like ah oh, fuck i can't talk today <laughs> how cherished it was how yeah, special it yeah. was to people right Absolutely. that 
that, uh, you know, for however many years, like 10 years playing Mass Effect with the, the various DLC and whatnot, mm-hmm. all the, the cherished memories you've had, mm-hmm. all the, the different uh, emotional aspects, like so many good uh, moments, especially even in Mass Effect 3, which had mm-hmm. the, the whole controversy at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now to go and stack all of that up and on balance saying, oh, Mass Effect Andromeda mm-hmm. wasn't as great. Yeah. Well, that's fine. But I mean, on its own, it's still way better than most science fiction games out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it deserved a chance to at least, you know, get some DLC, maybe a second game out there. I don't know what. Right. Yeah, it's really a shame. Like, it's, you know, uh, the way I always uh, I look at it often is just like, because people have often said, like, oh, these characters aren't as good. Right. But I, the way I think about it is, like, I've spent the course, like, uh, like three games getting to know Garrus. Like, yeah. people are like, there's no Garrus, there's no Garrus. Like, there was no Garrus <laughs> in the first Mass Effect until you met Garrus. Yeah. And then you built him up over a bunch of games. Amazing character. Like I didn't even really game. like Garrus that much. And I love Garrus in, in the first Mass Whoa. Effect. I'm telling you. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> It was really only like the first Merrick, uh, first uh, Garrus was great, and he was kind of like all very straight laced. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. And, and it was really only in Mass Effect Two, like when suddenly you know Archangel came back, it's like oh man. So yeah. like the mythology of Garrus yeah. really didn't take hold of me until that point, you know. Yeah. And, and that's where Garrus and me, yeah. like he became a cherished team member yes. to me. That that's kind of what it was like for me you too. Know. So, I mean, and maybe it was, you know, sort of the way the dialogue went because mm-hmm. I, you know, in hindsight, having, you know, knowing, knowing where the story is going to go to. Right. Coming back and, and sort of aiming um, uh, the dialogue in, in such a way so that it, that arc is a natural, right. you know, sort of uh, path right. going into Archangel. Um, I enjoyed the, the dialogue, the back and forth mm-hmm. with um, with Garrus, yep. you know. Yep. Uh, like his XC sex sort of straight laced, yeah. how he sort of unclenches yeah. and then becomes <laughs> like a, a, a full fledged member of the team where yeah. he's more of a, a swashbuckler, yeah. you know? Yeah. So in the first game, I didn't like him as much. So, well, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's exactly it. Right. Like right. even people like, like I hated Liara in the first game. Right. I hated her in the second game when she came back and she's just like, she has seen the outside world yeah. and she's way more experienced. And then she's just like, Sits down in the shadow broker's chair. Huh. Seems comfy. Yeah. I was like, fuck! You know, like, <laughs> that character became so badass. Oh, yeah. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. Give these characters a chance. Yep. Because this is just their first outing. You're getting to know them. I mean, I don't know. I've heard complaints that Ryder's just not that interesting. Like, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Actually, but... I found him a lot more uh, charming, actually, than, than Shepard. Like, no kidding. Like, in terms of, like, charisma, mm-hmm. he is distinctly okay. more... like. Uh, my shepherd uh, I, was an I, asshole, so I, I, I have a hard time <laughs> even knowing if he had any charm. I, I'm gonna, you know, this is a bit sacrilegious, but uh, <laughs> the the male shepherd voice, I, I do not think that he had. Like, mm. I, I don't know which voice actor it is. Uh-huh. I'm not a big fan. No, I'm not either. Like, female no. shepherd way better. I, oh, I yeah. kind of regretted it. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. But like, I kind Jennifer of Hale is fantastic. Oh, she's incredible. I kind of wanted to make like Don Cheadle in space, though. So right. that's kind of why where. Where I, that's the reason I made right. <laughs> Male Shepherd. But Ryder, uh, depending on how you, you sort of uh, treat him and, yeah. and, and sort of your, your path through the, the storyline. Right. Um, I played basically like a, a more swashbuckling kind of character. Sure. 
So uh, he actually was fairly charismatic there mm -hmm. towards the end. So it was like, you know, you build up your relationship with these people. No kidding. I, I really wanted to see where mm -hmm. from here. Now, like, it's like they're out there on the frontier. Oh. There is no... Oh. Okay. There, there is no... Uh, uh, you, get, you get a sense that you're building something. You're not just... You're dealing with the Citadel. You're dealing with the, uh, the, the Council, right? You're mm -hmm. out there on your own. And so you are invested in the survival of these um, uh, of these colonies, right? You're, you're invested in uh, survival because as far as they're concerned, right, uh, there is no life back on Earth. So a thousand years past, as far as they know, the Reapers are done. So they basically have no home and they know right. like they know that, right? Exactly. Like that's kind of the context for them. Right. So uh, it. it definitely changes the way they react to certain situations i kind of wanted to see what would happen like if they now on the edge with no support no mm. uh with their backs against the wall right they have to forge these brand new alliances it's like the early days like with a um like the the first contact wars with the turian right mm -hmm. they need to have this kind of relationship with the the new alien race whose yeah. name i don't remember the name of the new race but mm. you know it's an interesting yeah it, it's an interesting take on that kind of environment, but starting from from scratch. It's a much more, um, you get a sense of exploration, of wonder, of building something like from scratch. Yeah. So uh, I really wish that they would eventually take a kick at uh, Mass Effect again. Hopefully. And, and hopefully it is like a, another Andromeda game. Yeah. So it's just unfortunate that like Montreal, like Bioware Montreal and um, that team and all the issues that they had. Yeah. Uh, they set all that aside and just do a new one mm -hmm. and move on from there rather than just, you know, Mass Effect goes on the shelf and doesn't come back for another 10 years until it's yeah. a brand new mainline the, Mass right, Effect. Right, right. You know, I honestly feel like, I, I, I feel like Mass Effect is too big of a franchise for them to do that to. Oh yeah, they're but, not going to leave it on the shelf forever. No, exactly. And and even so, like I think that they're just going to kind of regroup and try and figure out what to do next and right. like I guess uh I guess uh BioWare has like a, or at least one of their creative um crap, I'm not going to remember. Damn it. But a person who was basically heading their team came back recently kind of after all this uh, controversy. Casey Hudson. Casey Hudson. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so you know, I think they're kind of restructuring, reframing things and trying to rebuild and Right. cuz I I we have not seen the last of Mass Effect for a while. Like I think it's going to be a few years, and we'll see yeah. another, another them take a crack at it again. Or at least that's what I'm hoping. Well, he's going to be like heads down on Anthem for a long time. Oh so. right, I forgot. Mm, yeah, forgot about Anthem. So like <laughs> at least a couple of years before you can expect yeah. to see Mass Effect. Yeah, I don't expect to see it after, right. at least for a few years. So uh, all I can say at this point is that come November, when in seven day comes rolls rolling around. Mm -hmm fuckers better mention like uh <laughs> yeah brand yeah. new remastered mass effect trilogy yeah, i think yeah, it's about yeah. time no kidding all right uh this week sweary 65 announced that uh his new game the good life oh right i heard about that uh unfortunately not a sequel to deadly premonition despite Shame. my uh hopes and dreams <laughs> Uh, the Good Life is his brand new game. Uh, it'll take place in the happiest town in the world, he says. Mm. Uh, the place is called Rainy Woods, and you play as Naomi, a uh, reporter from New York who finds herself stuck in this idyllic town. Mm -hmm. uh, soon she discovers the village harbors an unusual secret. All the people in the town turn into cats at night, including you. <laughs> 
So he calls it a mystery game based on the framework of a daily life RPG. I guess something like Harvest Moon or that kind of game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a crowdfunded game via Fig, and it will be the first game for Swery's new studio called White Owls. Huh. Uh, the weird thing is that this is the second cat-based RPG that I've actually looked into in the past week. <laughs> so the what? other one being Cat Quest that Moderate Size Steve has been uh, playing. Huh. He's been streaming lately. No kidding. So uh, it's weird that you see that and now this yeah. sort of very close together. No kidding. But uh, this one's going to be more of a, a mystery game versus yeah. uh, the other one, which is basically just a, a hack and slash kind of action RPG. Uh-huh. So um, until he actually decides to eventually make another deadly premonition mm-hmm. i will have to somehow find my way to be satisfied with just the deadly premonition board game <laughs> so uh. speaking of awkward segues yeah oh good uh this week a stupid number of board game related announcements have happened this oh, week boy. because of the 50th anniversary of gen con happening mm-hmm. this week um, so there's a lot of video game related board game announcements, mm-hmm. either board games that have become video games or video games that are becoming board games. Yeah. Uh, the first one, the um, there's a stupid number of announcements. The first one was uh, Scythe, which is a very popular sort of worker placement program, mm-hmm. um, also from Asmodi, Terraforming Mars, both of which will be getting digital versions of uh, the board games in a digital format. The first uh, Scythe will be released on Steam later this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Terraforming Mars is still uh, categorized as in development. Um, The release date and platforms they have not announced yet. Uh, But due to the complexity and popularity, you can probably say that Steam is probably a safe bet. Yeah. I know that when everyone loves Terraforming Mars these days, I kind of want to get my hands on that to get a physical copy of the the board game. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Fantasy Flight is easily right now the biggest swinging dick in board games these days. <laughs> they do love their their big high production value big box games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one that I personally am very excited about. They have announced this week Fallout the board game. Mm, yes. So supporting one to four players, the Fallout board game will you'll have to choose whether to work together or individually to explore the map and uh, the map is based on uh, modular hex-based tiles, mm-hmm. which you'll slowly explore and, oh, and flip them over as you go. I like that. So it'll slowly reveal itself as you travel from tile to tile. Mm-hmm. And players will build their skills, fill their inventory with uh, weapons and caps. Um, you can go on the main uh, plot and, and uh, explore, or you can go into vaults to find different lost technologies and whatnot. Uh, while players scrounge, they can also uh, either join or attack the warring factions, mm-hmm. which will grow in strength. Uh, you'll, it basically forces your, you to either decide to ally with them or fight against them. And uh, depending on what happens, uh, the, the uh, different factions will uh, gain or lose influence in the wasteland. Mm-hmm. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of choices, a lot of different things you can do. Um, there'll be four scenarios to start. The game will be modular, though, so it'll be easy to expand with expansions. And knowing Fantasy Flight, there'll be like a million different expansions because mm-hmm. everyone likes Fallout. Yeah. Uh, I had a picture of the I had a look at the picture of the game, and, and man, the the individual miniatures look fantastic. Oh really? Um, oh yeah, like a uh, couple of generic wasteland wanderers, male and female. Mm-hmm. There was a ghoul. There was uh, a super mutant, mm-hmm. and like a big, big super mutant, and uh, Brotherhood of Steel uh, power oh, armor as nice. well. 
So a T60 power armor. So mm. pretty fantastic cool. looking miniatures. Yeah. Fantasy Flight, no, high production value, mm -hmm. to say the least. Last but not least, uh, they're doing another uh, Civilization game, mm. very similar to um, the new Civ Six. Um, I played the last one. This one looks like more like a conventional version of uh, Civilization. Mm -hmm. So um, there'll be victory cards and a number of uh, a number of possible agendas on each card, and the objective is to uh, get at least one agenda on each of the victory cards you get. Right. So. Uh, Lots of influence, lots of science and industry, uh, accumulation of uh, economy and military power. Um, I personally prefer the digital version, but I'm a big sucker for civilization in general. So fair. it still looks cool. Yeah. Not for me, though. Yeah. That said, um, the, big, uh, the big announcement this week, something I never thought would ever see happening. Uh, after 20 years... Twilight Imperium 4th Edition is being released by the end of this year. Mm. Now, um, you may not be excited for this. No, <laughs> no I am not. No, but, <laughs> Which I'm sorry to say. Uh, that's fine, that's fine. Like <laughs> Twilight Imperium is the granddaddy of the Fantasy Flight big box mm -hmm. board game. Yeah. And, and this is like easily their um, their signature game. Yeah, like it's a huge deal. Oh, it's it's amazing, mm -hmm. you know. And, and like if you like four X games, mm -hmm. like it is a huge strategic, like sprawling mm -hmm. hex base modular. Yeah, it's, it's closest thing you're gonna get to uh, Master of Orion the board game. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's gonna come out before the end of this year. It's got over 350 plastic units Holy and it plays. Shit. Yeah, and the base game plays at uh, one to six players you can almost assume that there's going to be like multiple expansions mm -hmm. over and above the original one. Mm -hmm. um, things like uh, the, the flagships from the original game are, are already in this game. They've uh, changed a lot of the strategic uh, 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 strategy cards you get from the original game. So right. if you like uh, Twilight Imperium, you're going to love the fourth edition. It looks fantastic. Can't mm -hmm. wait for that. Yeah, We're probably going to run a game on one of the weeks of... Yeah. Uh, Doing stuff is fun. We'll play a game, a board game, an actual board game of yep. Twilight Imperium. <laughs> Cannot wait. No kidding. All right. <clears throat> so, a couple of quick hits. Mm -hmm. uh, Eve Valkyrie from CCP Games. Uh, it's about to get their first expansion. Neat. Yeah. And uh, if you already own the game, you're going to get the expansion for free. The interesting thing is that the new expansion, which will be called, um, let's see, what's it called here? I got to look up the, the subtitle. I don't know what the subtitle is, but uh, it's uh, actually, it is removing the requirement of the VR headset. It's becoming a, uh, oh, yeah, I did not know you that. don't need to play it in VR anymore, which huh. is kind of telling that the original PS4 exclusive for E Valkyrie was not enough. They didn't sell enough yeah. with just the VR. Mm -hmm. So um, you can play it all on your own, and it's cross-play with VR as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be twenty nine ninety five. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a VR, uh, or if you have the thing and you haven't bought it yet, yeah. twenty nine ninety five. Yep. Uh, also, uh, Amazon Fr uh, Prime in Canada, uh, they have quietly reduced the... Uh, discount but in canada the 
people are getting. If you have Amazon Prime, the discount has been reduced from 20% to 10% off for pre-booking. Oh. They have not announced this. This is just fairly recent. That's not cool. Yeah. No word yet if it's going to happen in other uh, geographies, but in Canada, it's down from 20% to 10%. Mm. So especially now after recently doing a, a big Prime, like an Amazon Prime Days yeah. and a big uh, sort of uh, subscription drive, mm-hmm. now subtly they've reduced this, uh, this discount. And a lot of people are up in arms. Yeah, okay. Pricks. So that's not the way to do it. No, definitely not. No, and I mean, uh, especially now that games are like up to $80, $80 in Canada Ugh. for a brand new game. 90 after tax. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sony's announced that uh, they'll be holding a press conference at Paris Games Week mm. this year. Uh, this, uh, this year. Uh, that'll be October 30th, and as well, they've also announced, they've confirmed that the PSX will be uh, returning in Anaheim at the end of this year, December the 10th. Mm-hmm. So PSX is confirmed. I don't think that really surprises anyone. No. It's pretty much uh, going to happen every year, I think, from now on. It's yeah. such a, a big success. Right. So uh, that's going to be as well in December. Um, it, it, it's kind of interesting going back to the Paris Games Week uh, because it's going to be... Uh, just one week before the launch of Xbox One X. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have a, um, not just a sort of a presence, they're going to have a press conference. No kidding. So if they even uh, announced one of the as yet not dated big games, Mm -hmm. if they announced something like uh, uh, Dreams, or if uh, um, like uh, Detroit... Right. Detroit's supposed to come out at some point. They've not yet put a date on it. There mm-hmm. was a sizzle reel earlier in the year that they said, oh, it's going to be out in fall of this year. But they said, oh, that, that may not happen. If they came out with that, it would be just catastrophic mm-hmm. for Microsoft. Anything to disrupt them, right? Right. Yeah. You know, because it's going to be just nothing but uh, uh, media blitz for that whole month. Mm. If they can rob, like, any of the, the like suck any of the wind of their sails it's going to be such a good thing for them mm-hmm. so yeah anyway xbox not ranking it super hard for them right no now. no they, they kind of have coughed up the ball over and over again especially yeah. now with the price and with uh now with crackdown yeah. pushed back to this year mm-hmm. they really need something and if uh sony can do anything to rob them of that momentum it's going to be just terrible for them yeah Especially if it's coupled with like a price drop. Oh boy! Right around the time yeah, no that kidding. you know the Xbox One X comes out. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, on the topic of catastrophic for <laughs> Microsoft uh, mm-hmm. today, we watched the uh, Gamescom. I, I want to say uh, press conference, I, sort of. I don't know if watched so much as groaned and got grimaced through the whole thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know why we bothered i i honestly wish that i hadn't bothered yeah i'm not really sh- and, you know that's the kind of thing too because when you said we should watch it, i was like yeah absolutely but then when we're watching like what were we expecting you know yeah. like that's kind of the thought that came through my head we were definitely expecting it to be a little bit more um impactful yeah at least yeah so uh we're, we're just going to quickly summarize the things you may have seen so you don't sure. have to <laughs> uh it opened up with a uh bit uh, more of a, a view of what we can expect to see for assassin's creed origins it looked really good yeah still but 
still not not super sort of um it didn't really do anything to say i really need an xbox one x mm -hmm. it looked fantastic but yeah. i mean i don't know anyway yeah. uh jurassic world uh jurassic world evolution evolution that's the one yeah I yes right so it looked kind of like a sort of a, a theme park kind of style of game yeah but it was a pre-rendered trailer we didn't really see what the gameplay was going to look like yeah so that cool. might be interesting who cool knows idea. uh for some motorsport seven yeah we've seen it before yeah it's an odd numbered year so yeah. motorsport this year yeah. recore definitive edition that's uh that's going to be out august the 29th uh free expansion if you own the original version of the game yeah okay yeah i guess there was something about halo wars i honestly didn't gather i didn't know if that was supposed to be a, a oh, i'm sorry i don't know either it was supposed to be like a dlc or something but yeah. you can play as the flood apparently yeah i'm not a huge I, I don't really care much about uh, Halo Wars, but mm -hmm. some people do. Yeah. Uh, they talked about new markets for Xbox Game Pass, so that's good for people. Yeah. Um, UI changes for Xbox One, the ability to pin your friends, games, or uh, activity feed uh, filters, so very much like what you get with Xbox 10. Mm -hmm. um, they oh, had Windows light, 10. Light, oh, sorry. Yeah, Windows 10. <laughs> yeah. Uh, light mode and dark mode, that's important. Uh, I mean, for the eyes, I guess, right? Like, yeah. They had a similar update on sure. the Switch, right, when the, when they updated the firmware recently. Right. However, again, it's not like the kind of thing. It's like, announcement, big deal. It was just like, um, all right, cool. Hardly really a compelling argument to buy. Mm -hmm. uh, sea of Thieves, they announced uh, PC crossplay and the ability to plug in a... Uh, oh, you can, also, you can also plug in a buket and throw it at people. So that's great. Wait, what did you... No, you, you can puke in a bucket. What did I say? Uh, something that wasn't that. Okay. <laughs> so Sea of Thieves yes. with PC crossplay and the ability to puke in a bucket and then throw it at people. Yeah, that's a draw, I guess. I don't know. I, I guess. It's... I'll, uh, it's unique. Yeah, I, I don't know many games you can do that, no, to be fair. No, so. uh, I don't know why, but why would you want that? Hmm. Uh, Xbox One S with Minecraft skin on uh, console and controllers. And just to be clear, an Xbox One S. Xbox One S. Not X. The not new X. one. Like, this is the old, the, the current iteration of the Xbox. I guess they're not really uh, confident that the Xbox One X is going to uh, be yeah. sell enough on its own. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Minecraft skin on console and controllers. Uh, you have a creeper and pig controllers. Mm-hmm. Um, you have regs, uh, redstone uh, circuit on the back that is a, a there's a like a transparent yeah panel. It's kind of cool. It's interesting if yeah. you like if you're nerdy that way. Yeah. Um, for uh, Middle Earth: Shadow of War, there was a trailer that showed Italian uh, riding on a dragon. That was new. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Xbox One S uh, Shadow of War bundles as well with um, with uh, bonus in-game items. Uh, and they actually did announce something we, we sort of um, theorized before mm -hmm. that uh, the Xbox Game Pass would be something to bundle with now. So yeah. a free month of Xbox One Game Pass, mm -hmm. which is a smart thing to do. I yeah. think it's really good for people like brand new people adopting the Xbox One S. Give you a nice sampler of games to uh, ply things like ply, play things like <laughs> uh, fucking Rise. I don't know. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Rise of the game. Uh, they did show an extended gameplay demo of Cuphead. Uh, Cuphead. Yes. That looked like it was a uh, pretty cool, like a shmup. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of detail in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they dated it, uh, being September 29th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's coming out for Xbox One, Windows 10, and Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Surviving Mars, which is another kind of uh, SimCity kind of game from uh, Paradox Interactive. Are they? They're the guys that made City Skylines. Cities, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oh, uh, of course, the Project Scorpio edition of Xbox One X. <laughs> oh with, my god! Uh, yeah, with uh, the green Project Scorpio branding on both the. Uh, system itself yeah as well as the console mm-hmm. and pardon me, and the controller, the controller rather yeah yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. that's fantastic yeah that video of major nelson opening it was yeah not interesting available for uh trade uh for oh fuck <laughs> available for pre-order now though <laughs> yes and there was the the fantastic and fantastic oh, god damn it <laughs> oh no oh, i'm starting to get a fucking migraine and oh, it is no. affecting my ability to speak oh jeez. oh we had the fantastic unboxing that Major uh, Major Nelson Major Nelson did, yes. Larry Herb, mm-hmm. yeah, with his uh, great uh, gloves, the white gloves. It looked like he was a <laughs> it was a mime or yes. a magician. Yeah, uh, Just added to the whole thing. Oh yeah, so the unboxing was fantastic. Uh, they showed off uh, not only the the fantastic uh, Project Scorpio uh, controller, but also the premium uh, buttons on yeah, the controllers. Yeah, premium buttons. What? That was a sentence that was actually said. And they, they not only that, that they, they uh, drew attention to the gradient, not one, not twice, but at least three times. Yeah. And the uh, red, the re- uh, revolutionary new hidden... Uh, oh, fuck, I can't talk. I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh, no. I need to get some fucking Tylenol. <clears throat> They also uh, touted the brand new HDMI bump. Yes. That lets you so easily. So you can just like, oh, you don't have to look. You can feel around for the bump. Yeah, you can't just like, you know, look behind it. No. You can uh, that HDMI bump. That's a, a key feature you never see. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Wow. That okay. conference, like, I don't even like again. Like, it's like. I'm disappointed, but at the same time, like, what was I expecting? It's not like, okay, I just, I guess I wasn't expecting that. No, it was, uh, I don't know why they thought that would be a feature that people want or needed. Mm. And they, they, all these things that aren't really selling points that they Mm -hmm. had to rely on since they didn't have the games that they could actually sell to people. I I mean, I think Major Nelson said at least three or four times that this is the most powerful console that's ever been made. And they're really doubling down on that message, which I guess I get because that's kind of all they have right now. It's factually correct. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, again, like if you don't have any very interesting or specific hardware, like we were talking about during that presentation at one point, they said literally the same thing three or four times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know what time it is. Uh, is it time to press select on the options menu? It absolutely is. And today, um, we're going to do a, uh, another round of everyone's played this game but me. Oh, boy. Uh, so this week, our uh, options menu is brought to you by Crystal Meth, which is really the only drug strong enough to keep you awake through that horrible, horrible Gamescom presentation. <laughs> Wonderful. So uh, we're going to talk about some games that, for better or worse, mm-hmm. uh, everyone has played except for whatever reason we have never done so. Yeah. And um, I, I honestly am, am 
shockingly amazed that what you're going to tell me is <laughs> yeah, actually a game you've never played. Yeah, I was telling uh, Jack before which game I was like, which kind of two games yeah. I was kind of thinking about, and Jack's reaction told me exactly which one I should go with. <laughs> I, I am stunned, and, and yeah. I, I honestly, I, I would honestly accuse you of lying to me. And and you know what? Like I'm not. I 100% promise you, because okay, I so, believe it. It's just shocking yeah okay so so and i i mean i'm mostly focusing one but i'll mention like the three of these games right so i have never played grand theft auto 3 i have never ever i have not even touched grand theft auto 3 Uh, i don't even know how that's possible like even by accident (sighs) i like you like grand theft auto right yeah yeah so how did you manage to miss basically the, the, the seminal open world experience on the PS2, it sold, like, mm-hmm. ridiculous numbers. Statistically, I should have played that game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. Okay, so so here's kind of what happened. Um, I played Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2 before, like, before I I was knew, like, you know, obviously I didn't know this whole thing was going to get super popular. But when I saw Grand Theft Auto 3 at first... It's not like I was offended by how violent it was or anything like that. I was just like, oh, right. man. like Because initially, I wasn't super into open world games because I liked the more guided type of game or I liked, it, liked RPGs. And, really? Uh, you know, yeah. So at the time, I was like, oh. Because, hmm. again, like I knew exactly what my issue with open world games and it's the kind of issue that I have right now still is that I will play it and I will ignore the story and I will never fucking finish it. <laughs> so, and then when I saw Grand Theft Auto 3... First of all, I was like, oh, it's kind of an open world game. I'm not super into those style games. But also, because I had played Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2, I actually really liked those games. I thought they were a ton of fun. And I liked that weird kind of top-down thing. I liked how goofy it was and how strange it was. I I liked how the game looked stylistically as well. So when I saw the kind of, kind of you know, admittedly grody-looking polygons of Grand Theft Auto 3, I wasn't into the art style. And I know that it was a PlayStation game, so obviously, a PlayStation 2 game. So obviously, it's not like it was the worst-looking game at the time, but there were still a lot of PlayStation 2 games that had come out before and after it that look better. And... I personally am not like a huge, you know, graphics focused person, but aesthetically, I just didn't like how the game looked. So I didn't like, like aesthetically, I didn't like how the game looked. I was a fan of the weird, goofy kind of stylistic looks of the first two games in the franchise. So when I saw three Grand Theft Auto three, I was just like, uh, it just didn't really grab my attention. So it wasn't an intentional. I'm definitely not playing this game. It's just like, okay, I whatever. So I kind of didn't play it, and then. With its increased popularity, right? Like, I was just like, oh, man, I should really give this a try. Kept not doing it. Vice City came out. San Andreas came out. Completely missed them. Completely missed Amazing. them. Amazing. And and part of the reason, again, I was really... I, I was and still am really into JRPGs. So most of my... And PlayStation 2 is disgusting with JRPGs. It is absolutely rot with JRPGs. And, again, yeah, at the time, very much limited income because I was just basically working, saving money for university. And right. So any game I bought was generally a JRPG. But I mean, you have played the original like Grand Theft Auto yeah. and Grand Theft Auto Two, like yeah. the the old yeah. like isometric perspective ones, yeah. like, or the overhead point of view ones. Yes. 
you would think that uh, you being more into JRPGs mm -hmm. and a more narrative-based storyline, mm -hmm. that you would be more likely to so like Grand Theft Auto Three and then mm -hmm. Vice City and yeah. then uh, San Andreas. You know, and and again, like I when I started kind of knowing what the storylines were and kind of where the narrative focus of the games were, I was fascinated. But at the same time, like I said, the aesthetics, for whatever reason, like the graphic style, just it just really did. The art style just really didn't do it much for me, and um, that was kind of a big deal for me. Shocking. I, I, I really like aesthetics, um, and for whatever reason, it's just like it just didn't quite reach to me the way I was kind of hoping. Um, like the way I always viewed the first two Grand Theft Auto games, where like it's just kind of a fun game to run around and fuck around with for a bit, you know? Right. Like that was all Grand Theft Auto ever really had been to me at the time. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I can understand that mm -hmm. for like Grand Theft Auto Three, but uh, mm -hmm. like especially with uh, uh, like San Andreas in particular, like mm -hmm. especially uh, those games have such a high profile they actually had in them. Like uh, uh, you had uh, what's his face, uh, James Woods. Yeah. They had uh, who else was in? Oh, I'm not gonna remember. Oh, there were so many people. Mm -hmm. And the. Samuel Jackson was in that, and mm -hmm. uh, James Woods, and they had. Uh... Mm -hmm. Anyway, shocking. I, I, I'm, I'm just astounded. Yeah, you know, it's because, it, and it's one of those things where it's like I know how important those games were, yeah. not just to the Grand Theft Auto franchise, but to gaming in general. Right. Like they really pioneered the way that open world games are still being developed today, for better or worse. And there's a lot of really cool open world games, a lot of them now, which I play. And I, and again, like I was really worried about open world games and just being having struggling to follow the narrative mm -hmm. line and getting distracted, which is what I do in open world games. And fuck, look at Zelda for me right now, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's killing me. Like, I love that game, but it's killing me because every time I try to do the storyline. I see something in the distance, like, must go to there. I'm wandering <laughs> around, I'm like, oh, shit, a shooting star fell. Must go there. I'm wandering around. I'm trying to do something. All of a sudden, I see a shadow. Look up, dragon. Like, it, 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 I find the same <laughs> thing in Grand Theft Auto V playing that one. Yeah. I'm doing a story. All of a sudden, some crazy thing happens on the street. I start going there. Or, like, my biggest, the part of the reason I never finished Grand Theft Auto V is literally because I spent so much time in that game basically just driving around, listening to music, and exploring the city. Right. Which is a ton of fun. But... I never finished the game, and I was honestly kind of worried about that with <laughs> with those games too. So I just never got around to them. Amazing. Yeah, I know it's it's bizarre. That's so, something you should rectify eventually. Th actually, that's what I was going to ask you. So, like, as somebody who's played these games, and, and you know, obviously very up to the games, like, would you say it's easy to kind of go back to those? Yes and no. Okay. Um, like the you can get currently the uh I, I won't say the original trilogy but it's like the ps2 trilogy you can get those on uh, ps4 like the the ps2 to ps4 classics versions sure yeah yeah and uh it's still worthwhile to go back and play mm -hmm. uh san andreas and definitely to play um uh, vice city vice city yeah. yeah the grand theft auto 3 if if you're a completionist, mm -hmm. do all three. Sure. But uh, yeah, the original Grand Theft Auto three, not so much. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I kind of wish that they would also release the um, uh, Vice City stories and uh, Liberty City stories because those are actually the superior versions of the original the original games. No kidding. Yeah, and th those were originally PSP games, but they did uh, eventually right. make the PS two version as well. Okay. Um, primarily because if you think back, the original uh grand theft auto 3 did not have a camera control for your your right stick it didn't did not wow right because that was literally like 
what would be the formative experience for the the open world and the the 3d mm -hmm. like very early in the, the the life cycle of like 3d games yes and so that was before it was de rigueur to have your, your right stick always be yeah. camera control yeah so that tells you how like how seminal that experience was in not only uh, open world games but also in terms of 3d games in general so that that's been around for fucking ever damn that's how old that game is that Holy there was shit. no such thing as your right stick being your camera control mm -hmm, mm -hmm. crazy yikes so yes i would say that at the very least vice city is a requirement to go back to mm -hmm. um i mean absolutely go back and play san andreas such a great game mm -hmm. oh well, those games look cool I, I think i actually own vice city although i do now that we're talking about it, i think I, I meant i didn't mention this part but now that i remember it i remember when i had um my cousins were well, i was still living at home and then my aunt and uncle and my three young cousins lived in the same home with us it was a small bungalow with 10 people living yeah it was insane <laughs> uh, i remember one point uh vice city was left out because i guess they were playing it when i wasn't home and yeah. they're really young so they probably shouldn't have <laughs> but uh it was left out and i it was like face down on like a table when it was like in some sort of liquid i think it was juice or something as oh, well geez. and I, it looked over scratch i haven't tried putting it in since because i just i was like one of those things where I'm like, I just don't want to know if this is damaged because I don't yeah. want to get mad at them. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. That bothers me. I'm always very particular oh, about my games and their conditions. So. I I had to go for a walk for about an hour. Again, it's such a silly <laughs> thing because I know it's material, blah, blah, But I think it was yeah. also the frustration of having everybody in there. Oh, I need definitely. to go for a walk so I wouldn't scream at them. Yeah. And then I came back afterwards like, look, guys, can you just – look, I, it's fine if you play my stuff. Just make sure you put it back in the box. And they <sighs> did. So, But, man, that was – so much anger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh -huh. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. The original PS2 trilogy. Beat that. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I mean, maybe quite not quite that universal. <laughs> okay. Because, I mean, Grand Theft Auto, like, that's huge. Yes. Huge. Like, millions and millions of sales for each one of the, yep, that yep. trilogy. The first one at 3 and 1 I played was 4 yeah. after that. Um. Except in the very, very most basic of terms, mm -hmm. I have never played, and when I say haven't played, I mean I've never completed even a level of any Sonic game. What? What? Any Sonic game. What? Okay, wow. I did not expect that. Holy shit. Are you serious? Any Sonic you... game. I, like, I've played a little bit of it like for a demo, but I have never even finished a level of any sonic game that's incredibly shocking and again obviously yeah. sonic's not for everybody but you are a very seasoned gamer yep <sighs> it, it is a weird sort of blind spot in my repertoire how did that happen well i guess much in the same way as i've never played uh super mario like the 3d right you never played super mario 64 yeah which is insane to me yeah so i mean like, i thought that, you were though, lying at first <laughs> yeah but no but i like i wasn't I liked Mario, and I like uh, yeah. Mario 64. I mean, a lot of people say it's the best uh, platforming game ever made. Um, I, I enjoy Mario games. Mm -hmm. Sonic, I just, I never got the attraction. Mm -hmm. So uh, even though I had a copy of the original uh, Sonic the Hedgehog with yeah. my Genesis, yeah. I had a Sega CD. I had a wow. uh, CDX. You had a, and you never played Sonic CD? No, nope. wow. I mean, I owned it shit and i mean i i think i threw it in once and just you know whatever but uh. it never appealed to me so i never mm -hmm. ever finished even a level yeah so while technically speaking it's like everyone's played this game with me but i have played the game but mm -hmm. never gotten anywhere in the game mm -hmm. I just d did not appeal to me at all wow 
So, uh, and of course, over the years, with all of the abortive attempts to make a, oh. an appropriate sequel to the franchise, there's never been really a compelling reason to go back yeah. and try to uh, fill in the gaps in my repertoire and say, yeah. try in the various Sonic games. I mean, I did want to play the um, the one for the was it the Saturn or was it the the Dreamcast? Which like one the, was it? It was, it was the, like more like the RPG one. It was like more like an open world game. Uh, do you mean Sonic Adventure? That might be it. Yeah, because that's the first real 3D one. That was right. for Dreamcast. That was for Dreamcast. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I mean, multiple characters. That was one that kind of was interesting to me, just because yeah. it was more of like an exploratory yeah. game. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I've never really seen the attraction to Sonic or you know, you know the Sonic and Knuckles or mm-hmm. you know what was the one with the they had that, the plug-in yeah one. that was Sonic 3 and Knuckles Sonic 3 and Knuckles yeah, yeah. that was ridiculous <laughs> that, God. Like, like that whole situation is pretty yeah. bizarre but it came out of their need to release Sonic 3 before it right. was quite finished but yeah. everyone loved like the like Sonic CD a lot of people liked yeah. and I mean you know just I never played anything Sonic I do not see the attraction wow I mean the the half the game is basically just you running along quickly so you're not really it's not really in your control you're just moving as quickly as possible trying to avoid things uh, i mean yes and no i mean I, again i'm not here to try and convince yeah. you that sonic's good because honestly like i wouldn't even recommend sonic mania to you necessarily because it's a i really think it is a very good game and i, I think it's uh uh, fairly common to say that right now too but right but at the same time if you don't like that style of gameplay sonic mania is not going to change your mind no nope. um i think the big thing with a lot of sonic stuff and, and again it's, it's very popular with speedrunners because there is actually quite a bit of platforming exploration to the main 2d games like sonic cd is probably one of the biggest ones where there's actual multiple paths to go down right and depending on your skill and realizing where things are you can get to some interesting places but at the same time there's a lot of memorization involved there's a lot of trial and error and there are definitely points where you run into a wall of spikes and you're like that's bullshit um but yeah like if if you don't if if you're not interested then yeah, yeah like that's a game series style that you just won't get into there's not a game in the series that's like this one's for people who don't yeah. like sonic you know I, i'm sure there are like there are definitely games in the franchise that yeah. i would say are, are significantly better than others sure but uh the, the the ones that are legitimately good they just never really grab me that's fair you know yeah so it's just one of those things like wow. w- whereas uh you know why i've not played mario 64 i have no legitimate reason why not <laughs> yeah because yeah. it's not like the game is bad or i have any reason to believe that i wouldn't enjoy it it's yeah. just circumstances right so Sometimes it's unusual it just, but yeah. yeah sonic not my thing wow I, i'm so surprised like i'm really shocked like because i mean you've played some pretty grody games a little course of your life like, <laughs> <laughs> clearly it's true it's i'm not going to deny that <laughs> yeah. i mean i still have a lot of crappy games Good and thus the, the the sort of the inception of the why, why would you would play, you play that, that franchise yeah. yeah yeah but yeah no uh just it's not that sonic is a bad game just yeah. what it, what there is of it yeah I mean, yeah, there are bad games in there, the Sonic franchise. There are a lot of bad but, games in that franchise, yes. But the traditional ones, like Sonic yeah. CD or Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, yeah. Sonic and Knuckles, whatever. Yeah. Not for me. 
no, that's that's fair. I, I'm really surprised. Like, I, yep. I did not expect that at all. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the stupid thing is that I was the kid who had uh, a Sega Master System yeah. instead of an original, uh, original Nintendo, that's right? That's what's the most insane to me. The fact that you had, like, because I had a Sega Master System as well, and right. I had a Dream, I had a Genesis, I had the... Uh, I mean, I didn't get the CD or the 32X, which killed me. Even 32X though was so awful. The 32X was garbage, and the Sonic game that came out for it yep. is also garbage, like Knuckles and Chaotix or Knuckles Chaotix or whatever. Right. Look, but like, I'm just. Uh, you even had a Dreamcast, and you never got Sonic Adventure. You never I know. got the seminal. I know. Sega games. That's insane to me. Hey, I, I had yeah. uh, I had Dreamcast for all the good games like uh, I don't know like uh, Dragon Force that was a big one. Oh Actually, shit, you played Dragon Force? I didn't even yeah. play that. Oh one. man, that was a great game. Oh, I think I just had Song Adventure, Shenmue, Power Stone, and uh, Soul Calibur. Oh, so much Soul Calibur! Oh, oh my god, never stopped playing that game. That was amazing. It we was played so, so much good. of that. Yep. Actually, it was a. Uh, I remember the very first game I played for the Dreamcast. My uh, favorite game was the original Godzilla game. Oh like, shoot! Yeah, no like, kidding. Oh, I never played that. I wanted to play oh, that so bad. it was bad. great. It yeah, was yeah. just great. No kidding. Yep. Oh, wow. Much, much better than the PS4 one, which was garbage. It's a shame. That did not look good. Yeah, I paid $80 for that game. Oh, dude. Yep. Terrible. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> well, that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and fellow gamers or visit our website at digitalfiasco.wtf to find links to all of our social media pages on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and SoundCloud for our podcast archives. You can leave comments and questions on the website for each week's episodes, and we'll either respond directly or discuss your comments in our next episode. You can also reach out to us directly on Twitter at digital underscore fiasco and let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you, even if you think that... uh, Peter Jackson directed Aliens. Oh my god, let it go! Oh! Oh, I'm so, I'm so ashamed. I know. Oh god. I know. Like, legitimately, like, ashamed. Like, it kills, like, I feel a stab every time you say that. And that's exactly why I do it. Oh god. I live on your misery. You're a sick bastard. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, join us this week on Thursday, where we return with Why Would You Play That? Uh, I think... Dan is pretty much set on not playing more of uh, Eat Lead, The Return of Matt Hazard, which yeah. is unfortunate because I like that game. Is that the thing? I think that's the problem because you like I that know, game. <laughs> I know, but yeah. whatever. If people want to see his misery, we can deliver that. <laughs> that's just fair. Yep. And uh, theoretically, the new studio will launch within the next uh, two weeks. Oh, so I'm excited. Theoretically, it's actually it's less than that, actually. Oh. If we're thinking like the last week of the month, that uh. is like a week away oh jack may i may i interject for a plug yes okay so uh two things the big thing uh is that if you guys remember the comic sans articles that pop up on uh, digital fiasco right uh myself and the writer of that were going to be teaming up to do a, po- a comic sans podcast which yep. is super exciting for me um boy... i'm extremely excited as well oh yeah absolutely even though i will not be able to follow half <laughs> of that conversation kind of going, what the fuck are these guys talking about it's pretty much but uh, uh my boy kelly's a much more uh m- much more uh f- much more up to date with comic book stuff while i'm a little bit more in the past however i'm very up to date with uh the movies and right. tv show stuff so i think it's gonna be a really good dynamic like he and i have oh, talked yeah. a lot about comic books so i'm excited about that yeah every meeting we have when you two go off you have opinions on uh, like a, such a wide variety of different comics and different mm-hmm. franchises that it's always interesting to hear you guys talk even if i don't know exactly <laughs> what the fuck you're going on about half the time yep. like when you're talking about specific writers specific artists you know mm-hmm. and, and like the various 
plot lines that are going on in the, the, the whole uh, different arcs of the storylines yeah. for the DC and Marvel and various uh, organizations. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, but huh. yeah, you two are going to be off on your own little level, and I'm sure there'll be people out there who will be able to follow along, even yeah, though yeah. I can't. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, so with the launch of the new studio, we'll have a... Uh, a new schedule uh, and the tentative schedule is going to be on Monday nights. We will be transitioning this podcast to digital fiasco live. Mm-hmm. That'll be starting, I believe theoretically next Monday, which oh, wow. is pretty shocking. Damn. Monday, August the 28th. Mm-hmm. That'll be the, the test run, I guess yeah. you guys uh, on Tuesdays <laughs> for comic songs. That'll yes. be uh, Tuesday, August the 29th. Wednesdays will be Why Would You Play That, which will be Wednesday, August the 30th. Mm-hmm. And on Thursday nights, we'll be doing Stuff is Fun. Mm-hmm. Starting later on Thursdays, I believe Discount said he wanted to start between 9 o'clock and 11 on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So Digital Fiasco will be coming to you live on twitch.tv slash digital underscore fiasco four times a week. Mm-hmm. Plus some random streams on whatever I happen to be playing mm-hmm. on the uh the system here for yep. probably more hard west maybe some alpha protocol oh nice and, and whatever else we happen to be playing that week mm-hmm. so that's pretty exciting yeah coming it's gonna, up it's gonna be good brand new thing mm-hmm. all right so until next week for all of us here at digital fiasco i want to thank albell 88 for joining us here good to be here indeed and uh, i am jack mcbastard everyone have a good week take care <laughs>